0: Greetings Commanders and welcome to Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the latest game in the franchise Elite Dangerous. I'm your host, second technician Fozzer Forrester, and joining us tonight we have the full crew crammed into the cargo bay of the Orange Sidewinder. We're broadcasting live across the internet to celebrate the end of a two-year journey and finally the launch of Elite Dangerous. Welcome to all those Commanders currently in game listening to us live. We hope you enjoy the show and more importantly, enjoy the game you're finally playing. To kick us off, let's go around the team and find out what their favourite part of the process has been, starting with our very own Lave historian, Mr. Alan Stroud.
1: <laughs> hey. that, was, that was a good start. I put myself on mute. There we go. Okay. <laughs> My favourite part of the process. Um, oh, gosh. There's so much stuff that we've done. So much stuff that's been... To be honest, I think, bottom line, meeting people. Meeting people, um, getting to know people I've done this podcast with, getting to know people from the forums. Um, you know, I've made some some friends I'll I'll probably make for life, and um, that has to be the best thing.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds fair. Um, our very own head of station entertainments, Mister Christopher Jarvis. Same thing for you, sir.
2: Hello. Uh, do you know what? It's going to sound really selfish, but I, if if I didn't say, obviously working <laughs> with the books and the audio drama it would be like, why are you not mentioning the books and the audio dramas? I mean, you know, for me, it's just been really exciting being a, part, a whole part of the Elite Fiction journey uh, and getting to do something I love, which is create audio drama for it. Um, and for some of that to be official is just, you know, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, you know, it's very exciting to help create the the kind of wider game world.
0: Brilliant stuff. And yes, you're right. That's the first thing I would have jumped on you if you'd said something else. So no, <laughs> good choice. Um, Our oh, Head of... Um, Oh, what are you? You're Chief of Operations, that's what you are, Mr. John Stabler.
3: Um, well, really it's kind of a, like a, a top-down thing. I've enjoyed watching uh, like the DDF um, and the topics that have come up and how the game's shaped and how it's actually turned out based on all of that information. I mean, okay, granted, it's not all in there yet, but um, it, it's just great how um, the, the actual backers of the project have been able to influence the design in so many ways.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. I think uh, the DDF was one of those ones, we struggled through it for a while, but the outcome always seemed to be worthwhile in the end. Um, head of station security, LeifSec, our your own Elisa Vu.
4: Hello, hello. Um, my favourite bit <coughs> is, well, it's difficult, right? So um, some people will know that I'm I was only born a year after the game, the original game came out. So I didn't have the the joy that some people have of it being all nostalgic and awesome. So mostly I'm I'm grateful meeting you lot of reprobates, I suppose, and um, discovering a really amazing game.
0: That's great. I've just been told that uh, my mute button on my microphone is not working. So all the the frantic coughing that's going on in the background, I have to apologise, that is me dying slowly in a corner over here. So I will try and get a a better mute button. But in the meantime, uh, Ben, our head of health and safety, what's been your favourite moment?
5: My favourite moment's probably been that point in time back in January when our very own Commander Psycho Cow let me borrow his account and I found that my computer could actually play the game which I really didn't think I was going to be able to do
3: ooh isn't sharing accounts against the terms and conditions shh I didn't say nothing
0: it's too late now the game is launched (laughs) what are they going to do to us Um, our very own uh, Lave uh, head of archives and the guy who's been very much responsible for all of our retro gaming Mr Colin Ford what's been your favourite part of the process
6: My favourite part of the process has been Alpha 2 That's when we all went Multiplayer and we all went mental With each other, especially (laughs) The ethics and the credits And I still, Mr. Stroud, I'm still coming For you at one point
1: (laughs) I knew you'd mention that (laughs) (laughs) I now know Uh, who you are Oh oh, damn, never mind
5: (laughs) Commander Phoenix Defier, I have him in my sights Right now (laughs)
0: You would imagine, wouldn't you, Alan, that inviting him to be part of the crew, would, you know, he'd manage to, to bury all of that bad blood between you two. But no, seemingly he wouldn't, Lily.
1: Well, well you know, at the end of the day, he's always going to lose.
0: <laughs> uh, right, before he gets a chance to quit back in there, I'm going to go straight to Lave Station's chief bar steward, our very own Mr. Grant Psycho Cow Woolcott.
7: Good evening! Hello, hello, hello. Yes, my favourite thing in the last two years has definitely been all the sort of community creative projects. That's the, the abracadrabble threads, the escape velocity, all the stuff that's come from nowhere. Just from before it was m- enough of a game to be able to even steal from it. We made up our own rubbish and then fired it out there for us all to sort of enjoy and share with each other and absolutely loved that.
0: Okay, well, um, before I introduce our very first, well, I was going to call him a guest, but actually it's more of a reveal, so uh, I'd just like to chip in and say that probably my favourite part has been, um, seeing as nobody else has said it yet, probably the LaveCons, the actual sort of live meetups where we've gone and, and met people up in uh, uh, in public, starting off with obviously the first one up in Cheltenham, then the Elite Meets Up in Manchester, and then finally um, yeah, the LaveCon 2014, which was epic. Um Right, so the final uh, bit of the crew that I've yet to mention. Uh, some of you will obviously recognise him. I think it's probably been the worst kept secret, but we have got one final member of the team joining us this evening. Uh, he is Lave Station's very own test pilot and he is John Virgo, a.k.a. Crash.
6: Who has? <laughs> oh, I think no he's way. <laughs> and he's
0: dropped yeah. off the
5: call. He's... he's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, greetings commanders
4: <laughs>
5: worst worst I, I reveal do. ever
0: ever yeah oh dear
4: well everybody's gonna think we're lying now
0: we're lying folks he's, he's obviously he's heard that he's on your yeah. video. He's heard what we've all talked about he's thought actually no i'm not joining this bunch of reprobates not a chance um but now we'll, as soon as he comes back on uh we'll find out what his favorite moment has been in the past two years but yes uh John has very kindly accepted our invitation and he's now going to be officially part of the Lave Radio crew going forward. So things like Crash TV, uh, you'll probably see a few more of the Lave Radio guys chipping in there, uh, either hosting or helping out with John as he does that. And we'll probably get him to do some of the retro Lave stuff as well going forward. So it's great to have him on the team. Uh, i would be very interested to hear what his favourite part of the last two years have been, considering he's been involved with quite a few things in terms of his ambassadorial role. Is ambassadorial a word? Anyway, his ambassador role within is the uh, within the process. Um,
1: ambassadorial is a word. It's it is yeah. a word.
0: Excellent. Yes, yeah. just what we needed—a writer to tell us. Uh, okay, well the, the format for this show is very simple, it's going to be uh, a straightforward uh, Lave radio show, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in the development news, obviously we're going to talk about the the fact that we are now launched, we're live, and for those of you that want to make the journey across to uh, Lave system, you'll probably find most of the crew are actually currently, apart from obviously the the fact that we're recording this live in the Orange Dwinder, alter egos are hovering outside Lave station, so if you want to come across and you know crash into us or say hello, don't Shoot us, please, because I've got a <laughs> a on six full of rare goods. I shouldn't have said that on air, should I? <laughs> no, that's actually a ridiculously stupid thing oh, to say.
6: That's the equivalent of putting a big target on the back of your ship, Foz. Well I, I think
0: I think I'm safe because I have parked as close to the station as I could get uh, in order to be in the uh, the no-fire zone. So you know, by all means, have it have a few pot shots, but be prepared to face the wrath of Lave Station. And I think yeah, Lisa will be uh, more than happy to take you out.
2: Have we got time for a system shout-out?
0: Yeah, absolutely, go so for I it. I just
2: had, uh, you know that bit in Top Gun where the two, <laughs> two fighters are cockpit to cockpit and they, uh, they give the Russian guy the finger? Well, I've just had Mr. Rory Scarlet in that very same position.
0: Oh, priceless.
2: Cockpit to cockpit above my Cobra. And I've also seen Commander Musashi. Musashi? 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 I'm not sure. Anyway.
7: I can't see it. Every time I see seen yes. it makes me feel like I'm
2: drunk. But Rory Scott is the <laughs> um, Masashi says they'll probably download it and listen to it later. Hey.
0: <laughs> well, okay. As uh, as he's lived up to his name and crashed out, he's now back. Mr. John Virgo, welcome to the show. <laughs> Greetings, fanders. Yeah, that was fantastic timing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we just thought you got cold feet and said, I'm not joining oh, up with oh, this bunch
8: of I rep dates. I'm off. Did a brave Sir Robin? Yes. No. Uh, my machine is still playing up. I'm afraid. I apologise for that.
0: No, it's quite all right. What has been your? Because uh, obviously you've been involved with quite a lot of the ambassador ah. stuff and some of the behind the scenes stuff. What's been your favourite moments of the? You know, this two year journey.
8: Yeah, it, it's got to be that. I mean, the. community... <laughs> It's been great fun, you know, just seeing how Frontier have got involved with us and, you know, we've kind of reciprocated that with them. It's just been amazing fun. I never expected that from a games company and I'd, I'd do
0: it all again in a heartbeat. It's been amazing. Okay, well, I mean, you've been to a few things. Which of the ambassador jobs have you uh, got the most out of? Was it um, going across the state side? Was it the, the stuff you did in London? Oh, it it's
8: it's hard to say. No, I mean, I think it it just exponentially got more and more exciting as I went through each each one of these stages. Yeah, you know, as we got closer and closer to showing it to the public, and then uh, you know getting to the point where you could... just seeing the 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 reaction of people's faces, I think was was my favorite part of that whole experience. So you know, as it got further and further to release, it just got more and more exciting for me. I mean, I, I was quite often uh, quoted by Joe Cook as being a, like a little energizer bunny. I got <laughs> just get really carried away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, we've heard the same uh, description for you as well so now uh john are you actually in a lave uh, system as uh as we speak
8: yes i am
0: excellent are you somewhere near lave station
8: um yeah i'm just behind you i'm uh, just trying to find someone on the contact list now no oh, oh, perfect i can see it
0: excellent okay well oh there's someone's just flying past me in one of the uh in a in a Cobra Mark III, but with the wireframe. Uh, is that you?
8: No, no, I'm just a little Sidewinder, because I decided to reset my save game the other day. So.
0: Ah, well, uh, I'm quite pleased to see whoever that is ahead of me waving his, uh, his wireframe model in front of my <laughs> cockpit. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't the only sucker who paid £10 over the odds for that particular <laughs> oh, <yeah>. paint job. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's crash on with the show. We're going to say, we're gonna run this like a normal live radio show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the developed news. Uh, we're going to talk about how the, how the launch has gone so far. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that the community has been getting up to and some of the questions from the community. But I think starting us off, uh, we should probably hear from one of our sponsors.
9: I spend so much time in my Imperial Trader, I find it really hard to meet people.
8: I mean, when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military?
9: But with venusdating.com it was so simple. I just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match.
4: I really thought it would be difficult, but
8: Venus Dating made it so simple, with so much in common.
9: We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset,
8: browsing imperial
9: shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love <laughs> shooting, <laughs> shooting Thargoids. Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter.
0: The, uh, the hot topic that's been going around in the development since the... Uh, latest releases of uh, one of the final gammas, and that was the addition of the one of the new ships, the Adder. And the fact that the Adder doesn't look quite how some of us might have remembered it. Now, Mr. Jarvis, I believe you got quite passionate about this. What's your take on it all?
2: Yeah, I just... I- it's one of these things. I kind of um, obviously get that the you know the, the ships in the game obviously have to be updated. Um, and one of the things they've obviously done really well with the Sidewinder and the the Asp and the the Cobra is they've kind of taken those original wireframe models and they've really made them look like the same ship, basic shape, but kind of done with amazing 3D modeling and, and, and texturing and this sort of thing. The is a bit of a curiosity because you wouldn't look at the adder from the previous games and the design of the adder in Elite Dangerous. You wouldn't say they're the same ship. Uh, there's almost a completely different design ethic going on. The, the adder, you know, is, as it is in-game now, um, kind of looks like a uh, a sort of slightly different hauler. And it's... It's fine. It's you know, it's a lovely ship. I, you know, there's a few people sort of complaining about different things, but I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with, with the ship itself. It seems fine. I, ju- I just don't understand why you'd call it the Adder when it when it doesn't look like that original ship. I mean, you could call it the Adder Mark II or something like that. I think that'd be fine. But it's it, it's strange to name it the same as the ship from the previous game. Because so for people that don't know it, the previous ship design um, was sort of symmetrical and bottom as well as, as left and right it sort of looked a bit like the star trek landing shuttle w- without the runners it had that kind of i don't know shoebox shape um and i think i'm just passionate about it because the adder was you know in um frontier even though it wasn't the prettiest of ships or the, the most high performing of ships the Adder's the one i remember having the most fun in it was the biggest upgrade from the previous ship I'd been in. Um, so it's kind of a personal attachment. But yeah, I just think, I think it's weird that you would name it that way when it when it looks, it seems to be based on an entirely different design principle. Um, yeah, and going again, back it's... to some of the early, sorry, going back to some of the early um, concept art, the early concept art for the Adder looked like the Adder, um, but they don't seem to have used that to actually make the ship model, so...
0: Yeah, actually, that you've just mentioned the point I was going to pick up on and the fact that, you know, the adder was one of the ones that we did see quite early on in the development side of things. Um, And from all the concept art, it looked like it was going, um, I'm not saying it's gone in the wrong direction, but in terms of making it look very much like the, the adder we expect, it was all going in the right direction. And there seems to have been a shift away from that.
2: Yeah, no, totally. Um, and it's, you know, and I think it's it's, it's probably just one of those things where they've, they've followed a design and maybe they've kind of added a bit to it and added a bit to it, you know, before you know it, you've sort of drifted away from, you know, maybe the original concept. Um, but I mean, it's a nice, you know, someone saying to me in game uh, here, don't diss the adder. I, I, I'm not, you know, as a ship, I think it's absolutely fine. I think it's really nice. Um, it's just, it's just weird. It's not the elite adder that perhaps some of us are familiar with.
0: Anybody else got anything to say about the uh, the whole Adder gate?
3: Well, I Stop think adding the wood was... gate to everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> I did something. that
0: just for you, John. I know how much it bugs you.
3: <laughs>
6: it does look <laughs> like a VW camper van with wings, to be honest. Uh, it's, the it's VW VW like a VW camper van with, with wings—that's
0: wings. a bit harsh.
6: Oh no, I, I don't like it. I, I must admit, I didn't. I wasn't really a fan of the of the Adder, the flying brick, as we used to call it in the old games but uh it, it's just such you know you're kind of used to the, the more angular uh angular design and i'm a, i have to agree with chris it doesn't look like what i expected the adder to be
5: one thing that surprises me about the adder is how people are saying it's a really good ship hunting was it like that for in Was it did it Did it do that role in Frontier as well?
0: Um, I don't think so. For me, the other when I was playing it in Frontier was uh, more of a it was more of a trading ship. Uh, but it was yeah. a decent trading ship with decent cargo.
1: Bit, bit of a bit of a sort of a smuggler trader, wasn't it? You know, in yeah, uh, cause it, it had a reputation for being being a, a slightly illegal or you know one of those ships you could you could get on the cheap. Um, I featured it in uh, *Lave Revolution*. Um, in *Lave Revolution*, it, um, it had a bomb underneath the uh, underneath the seat, so um, if anybody's flying one, do be careful. Uh, but otherwise, um, no. I, I mean, you know, I didn't really fly it. it. It had had that sort of reputation of being durable, which was one of the reasons I used it in *Lave Revolution*, because uh, I wanted a, a ship that could be beat up and kind of still. You know, poodle around, and, and this one, this one kind of has a bit of a, I don't know, a sleeker look to it, which kind of didn't necessarily fit with what I was necessarily thinking, because of course we saw the the concept art very early on. So uh, for the Adder, so that was one of the reasons why I included it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence a little bit in that at the end of the day, it's not a ship that I would normally fly, so I don't mind too much.
0: Okay, Crash, what's your thoughts, mate?
8: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of inclined to to go along with Chris really. It, it it doesn't feel the same, it doesn't look the same. I think they could have saved all of the argument and just called it a, an adder mark 2 actually.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, see now that's the easy option. I, I quite like that. That's a that's a get out of jail free option. I'm good at uh, those things. Very clever. <laughs> that works, works for me. I'm
7: just having a good look at um Mr. Stroud's undercarriage. (laughs) It's not every podcast we get (laughs) to say that. No, it's quite a nice metallic. He's got a nice orange skin. Oh, I have to say, outside of leave at the current minute is ridiculous. It is... uh, more hollow dots than i've seen in the entire process so far
0: <laughs> well as we've got so many guests in game it's probably about the right sort of time to introduce one of the guests that we've got coming on to the show uh some of you may have uh, known her from the, the work that she does on the bbc uh, click program some of you may know her as the author of the fantastic mostly harmless book starring angel rose and the rest of us just know her as kate welcome to the show kate russell Ah, live radio. It's the mute button you need, Kate. That's going on. Oh, no, she, she's No, she's dropped out of the call as well. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. So every time I try and introduce a new guest to this program, it seems to be that it wants to drop the call. So as soon as Kate uh, reconnects to the, the call, then obviously we'll <laughs> get... Oh, you are here. Oh, excellent. So she's in the call. Um... it's It's possible that someone's
1: just, you know jettisoned some radioactive waste in our home system and she's had to go back there
6: (laughs) oh that's talk about welcoming someone to the podcast isn't it
1: well you know it's it's free (laughs) air at the moment you know at the end of the day you you need somebody talking does it you know
6: yeah Is everyone going to escort kate and back to slough and then as she approaches the station everybody dumps the cargo as she goes in
1: um, I was I was I was inquiring today if Kate was uh, was going to need some escorts for her her trip. Not not really because I was planning to escort her, but because I wanted to know how many people I'd have to shoot up to uh, to get to her before uh, um, so she could cut her journey short. But you know, um, well,
0: that sounded,
1: uh, what... that's that sounded I... too cruel, didn't it? That sounded really really harsh. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds
6: as if you're bounty hunting her without any bounty.
1: I I you know I I meant it in the best possible taste. You know I I am I am you know. i I do have a position of of authority here in lave and you know i i kind of you know i wouldn't possibly go against the law in that regard um she'd she'd have to shoot first
5: that's just because you're scared of lisa isn't it
1: (laughs) yeah that probably is true yeah that
0: probably is is... (laughs) right okay so uh kate's just rebooting so whilst we wait for kate i think she's going to jump back in as soon as she's ready um let's talk about the trailer the troll. Oh. Just for John, we'll call it trailer Gate, shall we? <laughs>
4: Yay, Trailergate!
0: <laughs> oh man. So we're yeah, going to So, talk the, about uh, that, so the official, the official launch trailer for Elite Dangerous came out, and to say that it caught service a little bit um, by surprise was uh, would be an understatement, because for all it was, it was great and you know, big, loud music, brash. Uh, lots of very, very good cinematic qualities. Um it didn't seem to reflect uh the the game as we were playing it. So would, would, would you say that was fair? I would. I would say so, yes. Yeah. Um was, yeah.
4: Yes, but that's the whole point of a cinematic trailer, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Now this is where we have two sides of the fence. So you had the, you know, your old farts Uh, which maybe I'm one of, uh, who think, you know, it should represent the game as we see it. And then you've got the the other side of the fence who think that, you know, maybe we're trying to appeal to, I don't know, the Call of Duty generation or the younger generation and, you know, get some sort of excitement around, uh, you know, the sort of stuff that you can do in this game. So, uh, Lisa, whereabouts do you sit on that fence?
4: So, I mean if you think about it in terms of other games, uh, take Blizzard, for example, who are quite famous for their cinematic trailers. Whenever a new one comes out for one of their games, they get praise heaped on them, how beautiful they are, how engaging they are, you know, and they look nothing like the game that you're playing. So for example, the Diablo 3 trailer looks nothing like me playing Diablo 3. Because it's cinematic, it's meant to capture the spirit of the game, not exactly the game. That's, in my opinion, anyway.
2: I think that's totally fair. And I think, that I think the thing, because I've been thinking about it the last couple of days, and the thing that's weird about the Elite trailer is, because it does look so much like the game, I mean, all the models are right. I mean, things like the World of Warcraft trailers, you kind of know that the game doesn't like that. Or even there's, you know, there's lots of TV trailers for things like, clash of clans and and these sorts of games that have been abstracted into a kind of trailer form i think what's weird about the elite dangerous trailer is that it, it does look like the game but it doesn't it doesn't play like the game you know the pace is the pace is wrong the things that the ships are doing aren't achievable in game That sort of thing and i think i think that's it i think because it is so close to the actual gameplay um video um i think that's where maybe where the confusion comes in i think it's uh yeah it's tricky
7: I did find myself so watching that uh, video and thinking, "No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, no, if you did that, you'd be dead." Or maybe I should have <laughs> saying, "When I do that, <laughs> that's when I die." But it's similar Which to another problem more in some the of truth. the
2: fiction because one of the things that's in the trailer to to kind of make the combat sort of fast-paced and 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 sort of fiction-like and. Um, uh, movie-like, you have kind of almost one-shot kills in the dogfighting. You know, you have ships taken out with, with actually very little damage. Um, and obviously, you know that's something, you know, in-game... I mean, I spent 10 minutes earlier pounding on a Type 9 with a single pulse laser. And um, it, it's a similar problem that some of the fiction has, in the sense that in a, in a kind of scripted narrative, you want that exciting moment where one ship fires and another ship explodes... Um, but actually, unless you're kind of pursuing someone with 2% hull, that's not a scenario that comes up in Elite Dangerous gameplay.
0: Oh, uh, Crash, was... what do you reckon?
8: Yeah, I think it's, it's unfortunate that people have jumped on it so much and, and, you know, just taken it apart. I think it really was just supposed to capture the exciting moments and, and just... You know it's got to fit into that very, very tight time slot, you know what I mean to to get it into that trailer, you know, if it was thirty minutes long showing you all of the things that could be done, you know, then it just wouldn't work would it? I mean it was the same sort of thing for the capital ship fight at the launch party it It was shortened a lot to make it exciting and to show you what it is you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. all games do it. I think it's just been blown of proportion, really the reaction to it uh, Colin yeah, all I like thought
6: was when when we saw the the, co- the cobras make their maneuvers i was there thinking uh can i actually do that and my goodness those imperial fighters blow up very easily
0: <laughs> well in fairness i thought the imperial fighters blew up quite uh quite easily when i was watching crash on doing his uh his live stuff at the the premier event the uh, imperial fighters do seem to be made out of uh, tinfoil
8: uh, yes, but they've uh, they've since had better training and better equipment, so uh, you got to watch out.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So they've been uh, so it was okay when you were fighting them on uh, <laughs> on the main stage, but now they've actually been made a little bit more realistic, have they? For the rest of us joining in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that basically means, mate, when everybody else comes across one of those interdictors and they think, ah, oh, I saw John and a couple of guys take one of these things down, I'm going to give it a go, and get their ass handed to them by about four billion imperial fighters. They're going to come gunning for you, I reckon.
8: <laughs> I I just I just played by the rules, you know. I can't can't blame you for how it panned out.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think Kate's back up and running. But before we go to Kate, uh, let's hear it from one of our sponsors. We
2: buy any ship, bar none. We buy any ship, bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship. Bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship Bar None are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with Dutch space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is, we take any ship. We, we buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship, excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Anti-Anaconda, Asp, Boa, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Moray, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsall, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Fagoy vessels.
0: <laughs> and we're back. going back to bit. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. The, the nice thing about doing this show, after doing two, two years' worth of, uh, of podcasts, is the fact that we do have quite a lot of back catalogue that we can put on here, so... Uh... <laughs> But they're all still just as priceless. Um, Let's welcome, let's try this for a second time. Let's welcome to the show the one and only wonderful Miss Kate Russell.
9: Hey, thank you very much. By the way, I'm taking names. I've been taking, I was listening to you whilst I was struggling to get online and I'm taking names on who is going to be dumping anything in Slough that doesn't belong there.
0: Yes, but you see, the thing is, Kate, I mean, you can tell us all about it, but I think it's going to take you a little bit of time to get back to your home system. And in that time, I think you've opened the doors to let quite a few people come and maybe, I don't know, drop some unwelcome radioactives in your home system.
9: Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. You're all talk on the radio, aren't you? But let's see what you're like in the (laughs) void, buddy.
4: No, it should be fun, actually.
9: I fully expect okay. to get uh, uh, um, basically attacked and uh, try to have my plans foiled my whole way home. But uh, I've got two weeks. I've got a large stash of alcohol and it's Christmas, so go me.
1: Interdiction and scanning is not, um, not, not an offensive <laughs> act, is it?
9: Exactly. I'm quite good at escaping interdiction as well. So, uh, yeah, I could just hop the whole way there.
0: Um with you being good at interdiction, are you playing on a uh, an X52? Have you got a, a decent setup there or are you playing on a joypad, keyboard, mouse?
9: So I got myself, I did actually, I tried the Thrustmaster um, and then I went for a Warthog um, because the Thrustmaster didn't have enough buttons on it, the little plastic one. And so I went all out and decided um, it's a business expense. Oh
4: my (laughs) Lord. It's a legitimate
9: business expense. So yeah, I've got a suite set up here actually. I'm I'm, I'm very much looking forward to spending two weeks uh, behaving like a teenager again.
0: And why not? So have you had a chance to sort of get yourself in game since it's launched? Have you any idea where they've dropped you off?
9: No, no, I have. I've deliberately not looked. I decided. Um... I played the beta quite extensively, um, and then um, when the Gamma came out, I actually haven't really had a chance to have much of a play. I've jumped in a couple of times just to see the new setup, um, but it got to the point where about a week ago, I thought, you know what, I might as well just cut my losses and say I'm in with the rest of you who only got it on launch day, and I'm just going to jump into the planet. I've got absolutely no clue. Um, I do have the Kickstarter pack that gives me the um, obviously the upgrades to the the Founder's World if I. Want want it um but i spoke to frontier actually and they said that's only about 80 light years away from slough um so i'm just going to roll a dice on on where the game spits me out and and see what happens
0: and how can people follow your progress
9: So I'm going to be broadcasting on Twitch uh, starting on Thursday uh, for a couple of hours, two, three hours a day. I mean, I I don't want to stick to a schedule because it's obviously the holiday season and I've got other stuff to do as well. Um, But I reckon I'll be broadcasting for two or three hours a day, probably in the evening, early evening. um, And um, that's going to go through till the 4th of January and uh, we'll have a bit of explore as well. You know, we'll go go and visit the other places in the book and see if we can find anything interesting to look at along the way. If we spot any nice sort of star systems, so um, yeah, I'm just going to amble and um, have an explore and see what happens. Roll the dice, so to speak.
0: Great stuff, Ben. You had something to say?
5: I was just thinking. I think Kate's actually been to Lave already. There's a large collection of leather floating outside. <laughs>
9: Actually, do you know what? Kate Russell, the Avatar, the NPC, has been all over the place. She's had a crazy career. She started off hauling fish. Um, then she became a pirate. Um, and um, yeah, she got up to to, to sort of you know, wanted status. And then last last she was last seen spinning out of control in circles in a random star system. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a sequel in the making there somewhere.
0: Well, speaking about sequels, uh, I should probably mention, actually, since we've got both you and uh, and your audiobook producer on the same uh, same call oh, at the same oh. time, congratulations on the recent launch of uh, Mostly Hard Lives in uh, Audio. I've listened to it, and I think it's absolutely superb. I think, uh, Karash, you've listened to it as well, haven't you? Oh,
8: yes. It's, it's been uh, comforting me on my way home on in the car. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing it both.
9: Oh, brilliant. Thank you. That's really, uh, that's good to hear. It's nice to hear. And, um, you know, it's incredible what you can do with a few sound effects and, you know, sort of the audio skills um, of Chris because uh, it just comes alive. I listen to all the anthology ones as well. And they just absolutely come alive when you put all the ambience around it. So absolute props has to go to Chris because I think he he made these books something really special.
0: Well, I think I he'd agree with was, you, but I think he's actually just fallen off his chair when you said just a few sound effects, because <laughs> uh, I think his sound oh, well, yeah. library is... It's a yeah.
2: few. But it's also, I mean, it's Alan's music as well. I mean, it does... Of
9: I was, course, I was you're playing sorry, Alan. The other day.
2: No, sorry, I, mean, I was playing some the other day, and um, Hannah, um, my wife, uh, bless her, she doesn't listen to a lot of the audio stuff that I produce, and I was playing some music, and she was like, oh, that's that, that's really good. I was like, oh, that's the stuff Alan does. She's like well, that is Alan's music. I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's really good. I'm like, yeah, no. That's why I use it. It's brilliant.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, the whole thing. And I know that all of my Kickstarter followers have been really, it's been received really well. So yeah, everybody's happy. And it's the final delivery on the Kickstarter as well, which is kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a breath of relief as well, because that's been going on for two years now. Um, and it's, it's nice to get everything kind of wrapped up and put to bed nicely.
1: Well no, done, you. you. No, I'm. 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 I'm a long way from, from final delivery. Um, I sent out. I sent out some more rewards today, which uh, was was very interesting. No, um, uh, sorry. No, I, while you were all talking about my music, which was, was lovely, and uh, I was I was busy docking, um, which uh, <laughs> kind of threw me off. So I almost crashed. That was that was that would have been would have been embarrassing. Docking in my own station, and crashing into the wall. Oh, well, I, I, I think just the hope station when I...
0: commander crashing into Lave Station, I think, <laughs> would uh, probably just make my evening, to be fair, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'll probably be able to do that regularly, I would think. I'm, I'm usually pretty good in, in alpha and beta. I was pretty good at crashing into asteroids. But no, we're taking away from the point. Um, no, Chris has done a fantastic job on the, uh, on the audio for Kate's, uh, Kate's piece. And to be honest, Kate, you know, as well, your reading, to be fair, if we're backslapping, we ought to backslap all the way around because your reading is, is fantastic.
9: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was good fun. It was, it was actually most fun watching the en- engineer, the recording engineer's face, because I had to record it down in London because of work commitments. And um, his face, <laughs> certain parts of the book, I'd finish a chapter or finish a scene, shall we say, and look up and he'd be just looking at me, shaking his head going, you are a troubled child, <laughs> which entertained well- me.
0: Speaking about you being a a troubled child, this is obviously not your first foray into into writing novels. Uh, I do believe you've got another one coming out next year. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one?
9: Yeah, oh gosh, I'd love to. I mean, it's a bit of a departure from from the show content, so I'll keep it brief. But um, yeah, I took a manuscript of a book I finished actually 10 years ago to um, Dan and Gabby at Fantastic Books, and they really loved it, and their readers loved it, and I'm just doing some tweaks to it at the moment. But that's what I'll be doing with the rest of my days over the two weeks of around is I also intend to put some serious distance between the beginning of this novel and, and, and the end of this novel and me. So um, yeah, hopefully that will be with them in January. And, and then early next year it's a fantasy, it's a, a young adult's fantasy, stupid, quirky, funny hopefully um, yeah, I hope it's it's kind of my style it's, it's something I wrote 10 years ago so it's quite different from, from uh, definitely from Angel Rose's adventures
0: um, can you give us any sort of clue about what the actual plot is?
9: Uh, yeah, it's about a, an accountant who wants to be a wizard. And um, he, it's about his journey to become a wizard defeating um, evil along the way, um, which is kind of a really bad synopsis. I haven't really thought about a synopsis at the moment, but it's an epic adventure. Um, they go on the big, uh, this big quest and there's dragons and collapsing mountains and strange creatures. So yeah, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's a bit of fun, a bit of fun in some pages.
0: Well, I think for those of us that have read Mostly Harmless, I think fun is definitely uh, the order of the day. So uh, if it's anything in terms of the quality of that book, I'm sure we are all going to love it. So, uh, no, congratulations on that.
9: Thank you very much. And I'm definitely looking forward to my um, radioactive waste canister C as I arrive (laughs) in Slough because I do fully expect that to happen, Um, but I will take it gracefully on the chin and then um, round up an army and kill you all. That's no, right. I'm
0: sure we can. I'm, I am sure that, you know, you know, we'll be following your progress. And uh, the moment <laughs> it looks like you might actually arrive back into your home base. So <laughs> like we'll all have preordained. We'll all we'll be there ready yeah. to just dump a whole load of cargo to sort of, you know, it's almost like a, 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 a so many gun salute. Uh, yeah, you arrive yeah. back home and then just everybody just let go with the cargo.
9: Thank you very much. that's in in a different context, that sounds very wrong on many levels. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Colin's just
0: writing down it's a dump salute, <laughs> which I think is what we'll call yeah. it. We'll call it a dump salute.
9: Yeah. Oh my god. The four thousand gun dump salute or canister dump salute. Yes, thank you very much. I'll look forward to that. And if you manage it, I might even uh, I might even cheer you for it.
0: Hey. <laughs> Okay well a sort of final question before we move on uh, obviously mm. we guys have already talked about uh, you know what our favorite point in the last two years have been uh mm. what's what's that been for you what's been your favorite moment in the, the development cycle
9: gosh uh, do you know what probably reading chapter 3 of my Uh, book on stage at the Elite launch to a sea of faces of people that have been with us every step of the journey, all of the events and in the forums and on Facebook and Twitter. And just to have, you know, sort of, and it was a long night as well. And it was the end of the evening and all of our and everyone else was kind of, you know, all the corporates were kind of chit-chatting around by the bar and, and, and whatnot. But we're in the middle of this immense hangar with all of this sort of classic warships uh warcraft around and um of course a cobra sitting just across the way um reading my book and people just sitting there enjoying it and that was magical and i was in uniform as well so i felt i felt quite felt quite hard
0: (laughs) yes because that that changed didn't it at the last minute because weren't you guys supposed to be doing your reading at a different part of the hangar
9: Mm. yeah, they dragged us out, they, they'd set aside underneath the Concord and we got over there and we, we noticed two things, one was that underneath the Concord there was no PA and it's a vast hangar and there was no way we were going to be able to read any volume that people could hear um, and second, we were scheduled to start at exactly the same time as a, a an on stage discussion between um, I think it was uh, David and Michael on stage, so it was like, okay, first of all everyone's going to want to see both and second no one's going to hear us so um luckily i think was it alan did you did you kind of shift things around or was it dan somebody ran off and basically shook the the organizers and made them realize how stupid it was um and they shifted us on till to after the discussion but that meant we were on like i think it was about 11 o'clock so we were right at the end of the night but um you know that that's par for the course we uh we do long nights in the Elite community, so we, we were up with the best of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, in the, think... uh,
0: the after-show party, I think we uh, we recorded our final interview at something like half past three we in the did. morning. So that was uh, <laughs> that was mad. Actually... It was a long, long night.
9: I'm shocked I could still speak at that point. In fact, I've seen a photograph of you and me uh, doing that recording that somebody took and my wine glass is at a distinct 45 degree angle, half full in front of me.
0: Oh, I wouldn't so, worry about it. The the, <laughs> the editing process for that show was priceless because it turns out you can actually you can actually edit people sober, uh, something that we <laughs> had to do on a number of interviewees, I have to say.
9: Oh, bless. Well, no, I was in character, right? I was in cosplay. Oh, absolutely. So it, I was yeah, duty-bound yeah. to drink too much and... Uh, I managed not to cause a fight, although I did uh, take uh, David hostage at one point with my laser gun.
3: I saw,
0: like I saw that picture of that as well.
2: Mm. Well, Can I just say, Foz, you are on slightly dodgy ground with with editing out other people's drunkenness, because I did obviously listen to the after-show broadcast. <laughs> um, and I know Lave Radio aren't famous for being good with their numbers, um, but did you at one point say there were 500,000 people at the Elite launch event?
0: Ah, uh, no, see, that was, that's just a bad editing. What I said was 500... <laughs> A thousand people, because there was like 500 to a thousand people is what I was saying, it, was just, it just didn't come through I, I blame the microphones, you know <laughs> just, yeah, nothing to do with me at all
9: You should have blamed uh, exhaustion for your tireless work <laughs> all day, right go for the sympathy vote
0: No, I, I have to say though um, for those people that have heard the uh, the premiere event and the after show party um, my my fellow Hosts on the show did point, up, uh, did point out rather that uh, I have used up my life supply of the phrase two-year journey and probably the eternity supply of the word phenomenal. So I think I get instantly <laughs> kicked if I use the words phenomenal or two-year journey for the rest of this cast.
9: I tell you, talking of which, one question that hasn't been asked here—you guys have been asking everybody about their favourite moments—but as collectively as a live Radio crew, you know, doing this show, what's been your sort of like standout moment for your show? You weren't expecting that, were you?
0: No. You see, now you're, now you're actually causing us to think live on air, which you know mm. is I think, not something I think that I think we're particularly If you're going to pick a at.
4: moment that I'll never live down, is shouting Fozzer, do the thing.
1: Ah. I'm never going to live
4: that down ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, to be honest, that's probably a highlight. Um, surprising Foz with uh, with his uh, his amazing writing of mashup fiction when he didn't know that we had published it on the Live Radio website back <laughs> that was good. many 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 episodes ago. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool because he absolutely didn't know. Uh, getting into trouble with Michael Brooks when we had Ashley Barley on. For something oh, I true. said,, yeah. not for something Ashley Barley said, apparently I <laughs> revealed something that uh, um, was 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 funny uh, getting getting my um getting my station uh gravity physics woefully <laughs> wrong um, and having John correct me on air uh, <laughs> And then Drew never let me live it down. That was fun. Um, Chris, what about you? Were any thoughts? I think it's got to be,
2: I mean, we've got to mention LaveCon, because I think, particularly the first LaveCon, we almost didn't expect mm. it to happen. We 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 just sort of planned to meet up, you know, the four of us as it was at the time. Um, we, we planned to meet up for a drink, and we ended up running a sci-fi convention. And that's, you know, that's not something that happens a lot of the time. But, you know, we just said, we're going to meet up in a hotel, have some drinks and some food. Does anyone want to meet up as well? And we ended up with sort of 70 or 80 attendees. So that was, you know, that was just amazing because it was just, wasn't something we went into the podcast I think thinking we'd do and it was amazing.
7: And it's well, a legacy of course, as well. I
0: that, um, yeah, I'll just say that, that was quite surprising because that was the first time, I mean, obviously Alan and Chris had uh, had known each other because they went to uni together but, uh yeah, I'd never met the rest of the guys before. John hadn't met the rest of the guys before, and you know the first thing we do is, uh, oh hi, yeah, Alan, Chris, John, perfect. Right, what content have we got to entertain these sixty odd people that are going to turn up uh, and expect to be talked to for the next night? And it's like, yeah, and yet I think the whole thing just went so well, which you know I think testament to uh, what a good group of you know guys I've been privileged to do the show with, because everybody just got straight on and did it. There was no problems whatsoever.
9: No, I'm and really think, looking forward to Leifcon uh, in 2015. Uh, everyone who's listening, if you haven't booked your ticket yet, do so because they're going to run out and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, we have a fantastic venue. And I have to say they've been utterly brilliant to us already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a, a great weekend. I'd say as well, we ought to, we ought to, ought to mention the fact that um, with the expansion of the team, obviously with, with everyone else, with Ben, with Lisa, uh, now with John, with Grant and with Colin... Um, you know, there, there's some wonderful moments there too. I mean, obviously shooting the crap out of Colin every time we got into Alpha Two was was fantastic. Um, uh. And uh, and when we when we when we first flew as a wing, when we when we did a live sort of fly through um, through Alpha um, and flew as a wing with Grant and Foz and uh, and um, uh, and John and Foz and John getting completely blown away most of the time that we we did anything. So we had to kind of help them and protect them. That was very funny too, um, yeah.
0: Right, okay, well, I think... <laughs> sorry, I was, I was miles away. He's um, life.
2: You are forgetting we're no, 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 we're not, we're not editing this.
4: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Fuzzer. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
9: do the thing! Uh, oh, good. That again. That marvellous. That's why he was busy, right? He was digging it out of the archives. Sorry about that.
1: I, I think Grant's back, aren't you, Grant? <laughs> I am
0: indeed, yes. I was going to say, do you want to tell <laughs> everybody where you've been for the last sort of, 25 minutes?
7: Well, yeah, I had to nip off and pick up my son. He's got his end of school, Kaylee, today, so they were... Giving it the old Scottish dancing around the hall, or in absolute forced misery, <laughs> you know. Now it's turn for the girls to ask the boys. Oh
5: God!
0: Grant, how old is he?
2: He Christ. is um, thirteen.
0: <laughs> I now things. I was going
2: to say, um, we have a BBC professional
0: on the show. Kate,
2: well, have you have you ever Sorry. been in the middle of a live thing and had a producer leave for like? <laughs> 20, 30 minutes of the show, and just say, "We'll just leave it broadcasting. It'll be
7: fine." (laughs) No,
9: (laughs) I have to say,
7: (laughs) I was, I was listening. I was listening, and every time it went quiet, I was crossing my fingers, hoping it wasn't my machine crashing. But did anyone
9: even
5: notice that Grant wasn't here?
9: I have seen the 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 crossed fingers behind your back style of producing frequently, though, in my life. Yes, for sure.
0: think there was any other style of producing when it came to this show but uh i thought that was normal <laughs> um let's uh let's crash on and uh let's talk about the game the game has officially launched i know we've been talking about the um uh, the launch trailer uh and how the fact is not quite realistic um what about the launch trailer that we all saw today the wonderful video put out from uh, from frontier towers the uh the big red button video has everybody seen that
3: yeah, I saw that and that wasn't realistic either because I didn't see any developers running around screaming,
0: what's gone wrong, what's gone wrong? <laughs> For those people that haven't made it, a, it's a wonderful low-budget uh, video that someone's done on their phone. Uh, all the devs are crowded around David Braben and his big red button and they do a big countdown and uh, David Braben presses the red button and Elite Dangerous went live. Uh, but I think the most priceless bit of the whole video was just towards the end when people think the uh, recording stopped. Someone, poor developer at the back of the crowd, shouts at the top of his voice, God help us! Uh, which I think is probably quite, uh, quite fitting actually. But um, let's crash on and let's talk about the actual games. Now it's launched, now it's live. What's people's reaction been to it? Um, obviously, you know, some of us have been playing from the alpha, the beta and everything else. Um how polished do we think this final version is? Let's start off with well, John. Stabler.
3: Ah, thank you. Um well, I think it's very polished. I mean, just now, I mean, we've been sat in it since we started the record, since before we started the recording. There's not been any crashes. Um there's been a lot of players sitting around um having fun. So, um I think it's it's worked out really well. I mean, I was playing it last night and again I played it for a considerable amount of time with you know no crashes, the networking seemed to work um all of the kind of multiplayer bugs that I'd reported to the ticketing system seemed to have been solved so personally i I think it's it's a good success and 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 I think it's a, a lot of it is down to the fact that they've had so many you know alpha and beta stages and they you know they've gradually increased the number of people that can play on the servers. That when they have gone to launch, and like a lot of other uh, releases from AAA game uh, publishers, you know, the servers haven't all just fallen over and they basically said, right, come back and see us in 24 hours' time, which I think is awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Alan?
1: Me? Ah, am sorry. Sorry, someone just asked me to align for a screenshot and I don't quite know how to reply to him or where he wants me to align to. Um, well, I was going to say, coming to someone
0: that's played probably the least amount of, uh, of gameplay in the Gamma, <laughs> I was uh, interested to see how you were getting on, but obviously not particularly well by the sounds of that.
1: Multitasking is, is difficult. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, but multitasking is, is not something I'm, I'm doing very well. Um, the... The build, um, this is the first time I've been back to Lave Station and Lave Station Station is a Coriolis as opposed to an Orbis, um, which is fantastic. Uh, Seeing the fact that the the system's been realigned after I had a quiet word and uh, Drew had a quiet word about the PRISM system because that wasn't quite consistent with the book, Uh, that's amazing. Um, And also, you know, a lot lot of little tweaks that that we hadn't seen before. I mean, I'd only done a little bit of Gamma. And actually, when I came into Gamma having, you know, last played in-prem beta, you know, it it looks so much better. I mean, the the graphic uh, quality is just astonishing now. Um, and, And it's just improving. It's improving every time. Now, I think what we should say is that there are obviously some people who, you know, they look at it and go, well, we don't have all these... Um, we don't have all the ships that were promised. We don't have all the, you know, the other features that were promised as yet and so on, you know, but you're seeing Frontier putting these builds together and they're, they're cracking them out really, really quickly. You, you just know that basically they're coming. Everything is, you know, is on its way. And um, I, you know, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. Oh, someone's just, just lined right up with me. Who's that man? I think that's probably Colin. I reckon because it looks like a, um, a a black paint job, so I think that's probably Colin.
0: I have to say, I mean, looking at the game now as we as we chat through this, I don't think I've actually seen as many uh human players in one place at the same time and i mean it's all very nice i'm sure you're all sitting there in your ships listening to uh to the live broadcast which is great but it actually it looks more like the Isla graveyard at the moment outside uh lave station than everything else because you've got all these cobras and all these sidewinders just sort of drifting around each other uh it's actually it's a little bit eerie now that i look at it all but yes, yes, uh, yeah just start shooting
2: Yes, the only comment I'd make, though, about this is that, I mean, I'm, I don't know how the rest of you are finding it, but I've got maybe 20 hollow boxes on my radar for players that are currently in my instance. Um, and I apologise now if I'm crashing into anybody because I'm having really bad control lag. Basically, it's a, I've been playing the game quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, and actually I've been playing this today, and this build is really stable and brilliant. But actually, with this number of players near me, I'm finding I'm getting a, a lot of lag issues at the moment. So hopefully that's something that'll be... Um, you know, addressed sooner rather than later.
1: Colin's, there, Colin's actually, deployed. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not having any trouble, although Colin has just deployed hardpoints, so...
6: <laughs> I just wondered well, whether or not anybody wanted a shooting match, but then again, I don't think I'll, I don't think I want to set myself up as a target just yet.
0: Well, we've got a Commander Goose in the uh, floating around outside the station, and he obviously quite likes the adder because he's managed to buy himself one and is currently floating around And whoever said it looked like a a VW camper van? Oh, no, don't crash into me. No, no. Um,
1: Somebody's shooting, Colin. Oh, bless. uh, It it does. It does look (laughs) a little bit like a VW camper van.
0: You're absolutely right on that front.
1: Oh, it's fireworks night now. It's turning to fireworks (laughs) night.
0: Um, Grant, you've obviously got a a DK2. How's the latest build and Elite Dangerous in general uh, on the (laughs) DK2? I don't
7: know. (laughs) I've not used it yet It's sitting sitting there Because obviously I wanted to get one to come down To the launch party I disconnected mine It was moving house as well So it's all done But it's now sitting still wrapped in its bubble wrap I've not had a chance to get back into it But I miss it so much I miss being able to just look to my left and right To get my panels up Having to stop and press one—it's <laughs> just such a pain, you know. Key pressing—that's so I masterful. Mean,
0: Oculus year. Rift has been one of the sort of the I don't know, the extra icing on the cake when it comes to the development of this game. I suppose the other one that uh, came up quite quite early on was that voice attack. Kate, have you had a chance to uh, to play with voice attack?
9: no i haven't I, it's on my to-do list it's right at the top of my to-do list in fact but um yeah it's a busy time of year for me for work at the moment with lots of awards and ceremonies and whatnot so um and and cramming to get everything sort of cleared up for two weeks over christmas because of course being freelance i don't get paid when i take two weeks off so uh, i need yeah. to cram the extra two weeks worth work so no but literally I'm just going to be like a kid in a candy store over this next two weeks. I've got 24 hours a day. I don't even have to go to my – I hope they're not listening. I don't even have to go to my parents at either end of the country for for Christmas. <laughs> I've got that good an excuse. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be definitely trying out all of this. And the other thing, because I'm obviously doing the broadcast on um, Twitch – and I um, I run a blog where I kind of, you know, talk about interesting things that people might want to do with tech. So I I plan to sort of blog about it all there and give people sort of like the inside scoop on how they go about doing it themselves. So if anybody fancies it, um, they can pop along there after Christmas and have a look.
0: Oh, that's great stuff. I mean, it's amazing, obviously, with a, with a PC game, but also, I suppose, a PC game with this sort of uh, demographic. There has been some interesting stuff uh, popped out. Obviously, voice attacks, one of them, but... Uh, on the forums last week, we saw that someone has actually uh, um, done a, a hack on a on a Wii balance board, so that they can control the thrusters of the ship using uh, a Wii balance board, which just <laughs> it just seems bizarre.
9: That's awesome. You know, Clicks doing a story this weekend actually on Elite Dangerous, so you'll see all your old favourite faces there, and David Braben interview, and we've got Spencer Kelly's actually playing Elite Four. Uh, on a big screen in front of him with the original elite running on a bbc micro beside him which is uh, possibly the first time the two have ever been seen together on television
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, obviously I follow you on, uh, on Facebook and you put up uh, uh, an infographic uh, today, which I thought really <laughs> summed it up quite nicely. It was uh, obviously the old wireframe Coriolis uh, in the top window and in the second picture was the, the, you know, the same Coriolis, but obviously 30 years later and just the advancement of computer games and the difference between the, yeah, the the two images was just mind-blowing.
9: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a well-known hater of infographics because I think they just don't do anything. But in this case, it was just begging to be made into an infographic. I actually remade that just now and sent it to David Braben saying, uh, calling it a history of awesome. So you've got the top, top image and the bottom image and then 30 years in between.
0: Well, I mean, maybe we talk about that then talk about the, the future of the game. Um, do we think, thank you, whoever that is that's just crashed into me, thank you very much for that doesn't throw me off at all um do we think that uh, the the pace of change or the pace of additions the pace of updates is going to continue as fast as it has been during development i mean obviously um gamma was only released for i don't know something like 10 days and we had uh, two iterations and then sort of eight updates to the last one uh in the course of i don't know maybe three days do we think that you know they're going to Sit back and take a well-earned rest, or do we think there's going to be updates coming? You know, weekly, you know, fortnightly, with new extra things that they're dropping into the game.
9: Uh, Certainly, I think the first couple of months, anyway, they're just going to be fighting fires, so there'll be lots of updates. But you know, you there's no way with the range of different hardware setups that people have with PCs that any game or any product can go out into the market fully road tested on all systems. So um, there will naturally be. A lot of firefighting for them, I think, and that—that's what we'll see over the next couple of months. Yeah, definitely.
3: Um, crash. Plus, I think they've—they've they've actually uh, promised a couple of features in the coming months. Anyway. For instance, the grouping system, um, and more ships, and um, you know, I—I I just think that you know that they, that's something that they're really keen to put in there because it is a multiplayer feature and they've been trying to sell this game as you know, a multiplayer um, kind of endeavour. So I think that we will see a lot more updates, obviously, as Kate said, fixing bugs, but hopefully we'll see some more interesting gameplay mechanics.
0: Yeah, the the group jumping thing is uh, is quite an interesting one. There's a few videos on YouTube where people have managed to uh, obviously use voice comms and stuff to synchronise the the jumping and and the effect of that. I mean, it looks like they're jumping together, but obviously it's just well timed jumping at the same time. Um, but the look of that, the aesthetic is is awesome. Yeah, and to be able to sort of slave your drives together and do that as a wing would just be phenomenal. Oh, would just be fantastic. Um, <laughs> When it's uh, when it arrives, uh, what else are people sort of holding out for and thinking? I mean, obviously the, the obvious one's planetary landings, but forget about the the bigger expansions. What are some of the things that haven't made it into the game so far for the launch that people yeah are are waiting out for? Uh, John think starts think off, mate.
3: Version, I think the Mac version, by the way, is is another thing that they're going to be keen to get to as soon as possible.
0: Good point. Yeah.
8: Yeah, Um. one thing I'm really looking forward to, some of the things I found out, I think it's fair to say that I... Played it to death during the live streams, <laughs> but I'm still finding little things which are interesting, uh, unique missions and things like that. So, a lot of those kind of dynamic storylines that build out that's the thing I'm really interested in. I think sometimes there's too much focus on the graphical side of things. But today, for example, I found my first mission where I had to hunt pirates. I found a pirate, and then they said, Hey, I'm going to bribe you if you go kill authority vessels. And said, That's a nice little thing. I, I haven't found that up until now. So, even though all the playtime that I've had under, underneath my belt, it's like, still finding these nice new little things so if they just keep tweaking those little things in the background that that's going to keep me happy for a long time
0: yeah i suppose and yeah it's focusing on the on the little details that they are throwing in there i take it everybody has seen the uh, the surprise that came out in one of the last gamma releases um that was found in the soul system oh so yeah i haven't Thank
5: seen you. it because i'm i'm shoot on sight and soul.
0: Well, yeah, in fairness, Ben, most people would shoot you on sight, so I don't think that's just restricted to (laughs) Sol. Hey,
5: leave, lovely. Um, um,
0: No, the the, the surprise was the uh, the Voyager probe is in the game. Um, Is it Voyager or Voyager 2? I can't quite remember. But Voyager 2 is in the game. um, And it is actually in uh, an accurate position as to where it is going to be in 3300 as well. Um, Still out there, still flying in the outskirts of Sol. Uh, and findable in game and there's been a few pictures of people posted uh, a few people have posted pictures of uh, getting some screenshots of uh, of that how fantastic that yeah, something with that sort of detail is is in the universe that we're playing
3: i mean i take that it the- it's invincible so you can't actually shoot it down but it would be cool well, as good out to the plasma accelerator
0: yeah, but that's good. You can't start blowing away Voyager 2. That's Earth history. You know, that's a monument. That's a space monument. You can't just go around shooting it with your beam lasers for crying out loud. Well, just find them. <laughs> <A billion laughs> well, every time someone takes a shot at it, you get fined. Yeah. It'd be funny
9: on. if they loaded it with a Planet Destroyer-class laser, so if you took a shot at it, it just blasted <laughs> you to smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they're going to do as well, because they're putting in the narrative too. So that's, you know, this is all. These are all signs that it's been made by a a, a group of people who really love the game, rather than just a corporate entity that wants to make money. So I think we're going to see lots of updates in the store, in you know, in the overarching storyline as well that have been promised. Which will, once you've played out the sort of, uh, you know, the short running and long running missions and um, just sort of trading, you can actually take part in the sort of grander scheme of things if you want to as well. So that's going to be cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ben? I was actually just
5: echoing what Kate says there. Um, After gently tickling um, Colin earlier and Lave Station deciding it was going to try and attack me and then getting chased out of the system by all the other commanders, I've escaped to places unknown. But I'm sitting here looking at the news thing and we've got the Lave Journal with... We've got the Lave Daily, we've got Galnet News, which we've always had. We've got all these newspapers being added in now, which I think is really great and exciting, and it's just adding in more flavour.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that you do see in the missions, I I do like the little touches that they're putting in there. Um, Certainly one that I was doing last week. Uh, I was flying something um, from A to B, and on my way back, uh, I was sort of pulled out and... uh, uh, the this yeah, the unidentified signal source was actually a guy saying yeah you know the uh the uh the stuff that you're carrying the re, uh, reactive armor or whatever it is, it's actually it's a you know it's it's a ploy you know it's supposed to be uh your bait for for my clan of pirates you know the, the stations tricked you uh and you can either sell it to us and come over and you know uh, give it to us and sell it to us and we'll give you some reputation points or uh, we're going to open fire and kill you. But that's the reason we're doing it. And it's like, really? No, well, okay, um, I'm just going to turn around and run away now. But you know, thanks for the information, I'm off now. Uh, but it's nice that those sort of things link into your, your active missions, even though they're the unidentified signal sources.
5: Would you like to actually get interdicted by somebody who's doing that? Or would you prefer just to give it to the USS that you dive into.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't mind being interdicted. I think that adds an extra element to the, uh, the story, and certainly if you were you know, mm-hmm. pirates, uh, you, know, you should be getting pulled out by pirates for, for that sort of thing. I think it would work just as well. Um, I suppose the other thing that you would hope comes along in the narrative, even if it's just in the narrative and not in the game yet, is um, we haven't heard anything at all about the Thargoids, and nobody's really sort of crying out for them to be included in the game, which is surprising, considering how big a part of the original uh, the Thargoids race were um, obviously they're probably going to come in a big expansion but it would be nice to get just you know some sort of fiction or some sort of story tie-in about people going missing maybe on the fringes or you know a certain area of space where you know, things have been happening what do you guys reckon
9: well uh, from a perspective of being involved in the authors um, discussion groups um, I'm not surprised Um what their reason for it is, I don't know, but it was certainly um, indicated to us because my storyline um, involves Thargoids and it was, it was indicated quite clearly at the beginning of the process that, that the appearance and existence of, of, not sort of like whether they existed, but the appearance and physicality of Thargoids within the storyline at the current date of, of, of the game as it, rele- as it releases um, should not be, they shouldn't be around. Does that make sense? Am I making sense?
0: <laughs> in about as much sense as the rest of us, yeah
5: Sorry, so you're um, saying the Thargoids shouldn't actually be about at the moment
9: Yeah, when, when I was writing my story plan and I sent it over and it included mention of the Thargoids as the, in the rough plan and it was like well, in 3300 when the game the time of the game launch um, there are no Thargoids within the space that we explore and that was a, a sort of a, a, a something that I had to adhere to because they obviously knew that that was going to be in the storyline. What well, the reason that is, I don't know. But um, you know, maybe they're going to bring them in in a big flashbang or something. But they knew from quite early on that there weren't going to be thargoids flying around on launch day.
0: Yeah, but surprisingly, they're not even hearing any sort of mention of them, just even in the fiction. I mean, they're obviously the the story at the moment, and so all geared around the fact that the the Imperial Emperor is uh, is dying and the the unrest that that's causing within the galaxy. And I think Alan, can you? Uh, you shed a little bit more light on that.
1: Well, there is there is mention of them in the fiction because obviously T. James's book uh, mentions them quite quite a lot. Um, but there is yeah you have the end of, of Frontier First Encounters with the Thargoids um, having a couple of missions that are connecting the Thargoids to um, to the end of the plot for Frontier First Encounters. And unfortunately, when that game was released, it was buggy, and some of those missions kind of worked and some of them didn't. And we know that we've found on you know on numerous websites where they've jades for example where they've managed to to get the uh, the information from the missions and work out exactly what was supposed to happen and complete them in you know in a particular way now that's that's tricky uh, i think frontier have made a wise decision to to just push them back because by pushing them back they don't have to answer those questions right now and then they can make a decision on how they want to answer those questions and whether they need to do a little bit of unfortunate retconning uh in you know in light of the way in which the new game is going to work now TJ obviously the story of TJ's stuff takes you to well beyond sort of known space and that's that's fine so it you know it kind of accommodates where the Thargoids would be in that plot and everything else um but I I, you know there's such a major thing I mean when we talk about downloadable content when you talk about planetary landings the Thargoids are just as important to Elite as that, really, um, because they are absolutely crucial to to everything that that, that was about Elite. Um, so I, I think I think it's worthwhile leaving them back and letting them be concentrated on in a proper way.
3: Okay, okay well just I mean that, but I I, I imagine that um, Thargoids, if they get added once we've got like a kind of uh, like a first person that, you know um, shooter mode or something like that you know, we'll have alien isolation within Elite Dangerous, perhaps.
0: It's interesting. I mean, the game could quite easily branch off into a whole different subset of games, couldn't it, in terms of, like, an FPS, um, in terms of things like, you know, going around on stations and whatever you need to do in terms of doing sort of diplomatic, sort of Assassin's Creed type of um, takedowns on stations, and also, you know, boarding. I mean, one of my favourite games, and to be fair, looking back, it probably wasn't as good as I yeah you know, remember it was the uh, the star trek game um the away Team game can't even remember what it was called um but it just it opened up a different side of uh, of star trek uh to the games that you would have you know, normally used to uh to playing so to be able to have that within the elite uni- elite dangerous universe, i think would be absolutely great.
9: I've played um, MMORPGs in the past, and the whole planetary landings thing, I would imagine that what they'll do is they'll roll it out in a model a bit like the dungeons that they add on to these big, massively multiplayer games like World of Warcraft and EverQuest. And so, you know, they could be, like, even premium add-ons, so you buy the dungeon, and then it's, like, it's almost a side game that you have to complete, but you can leave that, you know, sort of... Area and come back and finish it later, but there there'll be dungeons off the main game.
0: Yeah, and that, I think that would be quite interesting. We just had a, I just had a ship in game from a commander load. Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher your name, commander Lode Warian uh, who was telling me that the game was actually called Star Trek Away Team, which kind of makes sense to be fair. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, talking about elite, uh, as Alan was saying about things that are integral to elite and. One thing that is obviously integral about Elite is the is the ranking system of Elite, um, and the other bit of news that we're supposed to be, the other bit of news that we should uh, we should definitely cover is the the competition that was launched today. Now, Kate, you say you're going to play about two or three hours of this over Christmas. I'm not sure if that's going to be enough for you to win the competition, which is basically ten thousand pounds to the first person who can achieve Elite status in all three rankings. So that's. <laughs> Elite in Explorer, Elite in Trading, oh. and Elite in Combat. And there's that a, would never a thousand... happen anyway. What, sorry. <laughs> there's I a thousand know. pounds uh, reward to anybody that gets to Elite. The first person to get to Elite in any of those individual categories can claim a thousand pounds reward just for being the first one there. Uh, although there if they a... do do the... I was going to say, if they do claim the first uh, £1,000, that makes them ineligible to go on for the £10,000.
9: Is there an elite um, ranking system for running away and not getting into trouble?
0: Well, I hope so, because if that's (laughs) the case, I've already achieved probably at least dangerous status by now. (laughs)
9: I'm there, that'll be me. No, I'm, and, and do you know what? It's a cosplay as well. My character is risk averse. So um, I shall be looking to get there, having as much fun and as little trouble as, as I can. <laughs>
0: Well, talking about the the cosplay side of things, uh, I loved your outfit at the uh, the launch party. I thought, you know, the stuff that you did, and also Fantastic Dan from Fantastic Publishing. I thought they your outfits were absolutely superb. Um, oh, thanks. Nice. The launch trailer has unfortunately taken us all off in a different direction. So, if you want to do elite cosplay, the the flight suits in that seemed a little bit more. I don't know, how would you call them, figure-hugging, shall we say, Um, and it's going to be quite a challenge to come up with uh, something that replicates the the style that they seem to have gone for in the 3300.
9: Yeah, I'm also going to need somewhere serious to put a battery pack to run all of the uh, lights that have got to go up and down it as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that could be interesting. Um watch this space. I shall be at Lavecon, and I shall be one of the nights I shall be in cosplay. So who knows?
0: Well, I mean we were we were having a look and you know we were coming up with uh, with wetsuits but the whole thought about being in a wetsuit for an entire day without being in the water anywhere didn't seem to be like a didn't seem to be a great idea. And then uh neoprene was another one uh and then obviously spandex for uh or or latex rather for um you know, for some of the triathlons and stuff and thinking, given our demographic, and this is yeah you know, nothing bad to be said about the elite community, there are a wonderful bunch of people, but there is a certain type of people, a uh, person, that uh, that certainly was there for the, the early stage of the, dem- the game. And I can't see most of us getting away with a tight neoprene flight suit anytime soon.
9: I just can't get away from the image of you lot presenting Live Radio Live wearing uh, spandex. So that's, <laughs> I'm kind of stuck on that right now. I'm speechless.
0: <laughs> it, would be a, it would be a fine image. It really would be a sight to behold. Um, let's Could not be do that. Let's, let's never do that. <laughs>
9: <laughs> You're too memorable. Too memorable. Oh, my God. It burns. It burns. Make it stop. <laughs> um, I
0: have some
5: eye bleach over here.
0: But going back to the competition, I mean, we have no idea. I mean, I've gone up to, I've done quite a lot of trading and I've now got to, to merchant level. Um, but I don't, I don't know how far up the ladder that's going to be. Or indeed, has anybody got any idea how long it would take to achieve Elite in any of those particular ranking systems? In what sort of hours are we talking about putting into the game?
9: I hope it's a lot. It'd be a bit of a letdown if it's too easy.
0: Yeah, if, if someone manages to get any of that cash next week, you know, you'd know, you be a little bit disappointed. I mean, wasn't that thing with, with World of Warcraft? People you know grind away and get to the, the max of their player within the space of, I don't know, four days or something. Um, you would hope that that's not going to be the case with Elite Dangerous.
9: Yeah, and I hope there's not going to be grinding either. I mean, I hope there's a logical, interesting progression of quests that you can do to progress rather than having to just grind backwards and forwards because... Then uh, your fun becomes like work, <laughs> and that's not fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, but some people, some people like that grind. Some people, yeah, just want to come home and and jump into their you know their hauler and and just carry fish from one star system to another, and that's <laughs> yeah that's their idea of fun. So I don't yeah, think if, David
9: Braben would make us do that.
0: <laughs> well, let, let's hope not. But yeah, the options there, if people want to do it, I think is the. Uh, uh, is the solution to that but i mean it's quite interesting obviously with the original elites uh people got uh, certificates and they got pin badges if they managed to get to elite status and send it into uh uh send it into the publishers um we've seen a few at the early stages of development we saw a few letters and a few people still had the badges um i think as well as i mean don't get me wrong i'm never going to turn down 1000 pounds or indeed 10000 pounds but I'd still quite like an elite badge to come through the mail you know if I hit elite in any one of those particular ranks
9: the geek equivalent of a blue Peter badge
0: exactly exactly <laughs> that um Colin, what do you reckon Well, what I was
6: thinking was it's taken me absolute age just to move up to mostly harmless i um if that's any indication of how long it's going to take to get to become elite then I think we're going to be waiting a good six months.
0: And that's six months of someone intensively playing. Intensively isn't a word either. Intensively (laughs) playing. bugger. Anyway, (laughs) playing a lot. Yes, playing
6: a lot. And and obviously, I think a lot more than I'm able to put in. So uh, I'm just going to be waving that £10,000 goodbye, I think. (laughs) Ben, what
0: do you reckon? Do you reckon you can get there?
5: Oh, I know I can't get there, um, but Simon Winnard I don't know if this is verified, but he did say that he was up to the elite rank in trade and explorer af- uh, already. Although he's not going, he doesn't say he's going to reset his save and everything like that to go for the triple in live.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Simon, for those people that aren't uh, hanging around on the uh, Lave Radio Skype chat channel uh, lives in the States and keeps very 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 strange hours considering that he seems to be on the Skype channel all the time talking to us a lot and we know he's in the States and should probably be sleeping but he doesn't seem to need as much sleep as a normal human being and spends most of his time exploring the galaxy and telling us where all the rare commodities are which we're very grateful for For,
5: for what it's worth I think he's actually got insomnia <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, as sorry as I am to hear that he's got insomnia, I'm very glad about all the trading tips he manages to pass on in that channel. So uh, if anybody, by the way, that's listening isn't part of the Skype chat channel and wants to be, just uh, add fozzo 101 to your Skype friends and uh, I will drag you straight across. I think the channel's currently going strong at about, I think there's around about 125 people in there. Uh, so there's always someone there to talk about Elite with you, even if it is three o'clock in the morning and it's Simon Winard. Okay, I have a question. Go for
2: it. I have a question. And this question has come about because we were all loitering around uh, Lave Station. And I've realized that even sitting, going nowhere, my fuel was steadily going down and down and down. I thought, oh, well, actually, I need a loo break and I need to refuel. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm looking at the components. Now, this is a chat we were having before we went live. And I think maybe we need Karash to explain this uh, because he's got so much experience with it. When you're buying components for the ship there's a class value, there's a rating value, and there's an integrity value. Can Can Crash or someone else explain that? Because I, I'm, I'm one of these people that now, when I'm looking for components for the ship, I actually don't know which one is better than the one I have installed, uh, <laughs> on, on, what, on what basis you
8: judge that on. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of factors, and it really does depend on what you want to do. It isn't always the simple option of just picking the one with a better letter. And the letters are, are the same sort of thing as it grades on an exam, so A is the best you can get in a particular category. But that's not always what you want to go for. Now, A means it's best, basically the, the best quality item, but i found sometimes that if you go for somewhere around the, the D uh, quality rating, uh, it's lighter. So you can get a you know, pretty good middle-of-the-round piece of equipment, but it's the lightest version of that piece of equipment, which means you don't sacrifice your jump range. So there, there is a bit of thought going in there. It isn't just a straightforward kind of ju- just get the thing with the biggest numbers and the, the highest letters and everything on there. Um, similarly, the, the class number that you see on there uh, corresponds to the slot that you're fitting it into. So the lowest level slot you can get is the class 1, the smallest slot, uh, and then it works its way up from there. So, for example, if you have a class two slot, you can fit a uh, a class one or a class two item into that particular slot. Does that start to make a bit more sense?
2: Yeah, 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 totally. I guess so. The I understand that actually. Then, so the classes are basically it's like the size of the hard point or the, the utility point or whatever.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And as yeah. as it was mentioned in some of the like uh, the. Uh, design forms and things like that, that you can sacrifice the size of the item you're putting into a slot so say if you have a class 2 hardpoint you can fit a class 2 turreted weapon uh, which gives you the advantage of it being uh, much more uh, nimble at targeting and everything uh, but obviously you lose that power but if you go for a fixed weapon you can put a class 2 weapon in that slot and have the extra power in that particular uh, area there um, right. similarly uh, the, uh, what was it integrity?
2: the integrity? Yeah. Is that how prone I... it is to damage?
8: I think that's basically what it means. Yeah, it's like how, how frequently it's it's going to get uh, malfunctions and how much health it has. You see, each one of the the, uh, the elements in the HUD there shows up uh, a little bit of information about the items. Um, the, the, my, favorite part of that interface actually is being able to compare two items so you can see when you actually select what you've got in a slot at the moment and then what you are picking to replace it you can actually bring up the compare interface and see the uh, the values on the on the right and on the left see what is going up and what is going down you get the little blue and red arrows next to those uh, elements there to say whether something's going to be increased or decreased by swapping these particular uh, items Um, so that's that's a good indication of of whether or not this thing is going to be an upgrade for what you got but like I said it depends what you want to go for you know if you want to increase your range then really trying to get that mass of your ship down is the important thing for you Um, so so yes you you've got to apply a little bit of thought to it really it's not straightforward
0: yeah, I mean, certainly one of the things I'm hoping that they would, they would change is the whole outfitting thing. I think there's, a, there's definitely a slight room for improvement in terms of making that a little bit more user friendly or a little bit clearer for people in terms of you know, what class goes with and what, uh, you know, what integrity means and things like that. Uh, and also just simple things like um, the fact that for certain um, hard points, not hard points, but certain utility points, you know, say you want to put a cargo rack in there, you have to scroll. All the way through all the equipment, uh, all the way down to the bottom to find your cargo rack 32. Whereas really, what you want to do is click on cargo rack and see you know, cargo rack 2, 4, 16, uh, 32 available at this station. You know, as opposed to scrolling through mountains and mountains of equipment. Um, I definitely think there's a few more tweaks that they can put onto the outfitting in order to make that a little bit more straightforward for people
8: yeah i think uh it, it probably some categorization, some grouping uh sorting and filtering things things like that which you know can be added onto the ui i think at some point that, that would all help um but you know where it is now it's it's a it's a leaps and bounds but where it was just <laughs> just a month ago, I mean, a month ago it was really hard to compare, but then when they added in the, the comparison screen and the arrows to say whether it's going up or down, that made a huge difference. It did. Uh, and yeah, you know, being able to see straight away that, you know, putting this particular item on is going to affect my jump range uh, negatively or positively, it, that is a, a huge improvement. And as I've said many times on the stream, I'm addicted to this interface. I could spend all my time here <laughs> tweaking my ship and getting it just right.
0: Well, uh, I should actually just also mention that we were hoping to get um, uh, Edward Lewis, who is the Frontier Developments uh, Community Manager, uh, on the show this evening with us. Uh, he's the guy who's been putting out all the updates and information and stuff and all the stuff you see on Facebook. He's, He you know, basically owns that. Uh, unfortunately, Ed has just got in contact and said that he's actually feeling quite rotten and he's lost his voice and is basically feeling a bit poo, which... It was a really bad day for him to feel awful. Uh, so not to worry. We're sure we'll get Ed on the show in the not-too-distant future and find out exactly what's been going on at uh, Frontier Towers, and find out how the day went from their perspective. Uh, but, uh, Ed, we wish you well, mate, and hope you get better very, very soon. Um, getting better. Okay, let's, let's be a little bit nitpicky now. Let's... Um, let's talk about the stuff that we would like to to see modified obviously i've just talked a little bit about the outfitting uh what other little little tiny tweaks would you like to see in game um that would make the game i don't know either a little bit more true to the original games or something that would just sort of improve the the gameplay as you see it uh i'll start us off with with quite a simple one and that is um we've been talking about the elite rankings Um, and in the original games, whenever you went up an elite ranking, you got a little message flash up on the screen that said, "Right on, Commander, and that's when you knew you'd actually jump forward in your your ranking system. Um, I'd really like it, and I can't imagine it's that difficult to do for them to either bring that back in, uh, but better still, bring in a different phrase, depending on which elite pathway you're going up. So, I don't know, something like Great Trade, Commander, or, um, you know... Oh, I don't know what you do for the Explorer one, but uh, you know, have Right on Commander for the Combat one, great Trade Commander or something like that for the uh, for the Trading one, and something else for the Explorer one. Just you know, it's a little bit of a homage to the original one, and something that gives you a little bit of an indication that you've just gone up a level. Would you agree with that?
2: I like that. When you go up a trade rank, you should get a little voice that says something like, "I am considerably richer than Yao.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Loads of money
2: yeah totally um i think they we were talking a while ago in the sort of ddf and um sort of features for the game they were talking about being able to upgrade onboard software as well as the hardware on your ship that was a sort of early thing that we talked about and i've realized because i do a bit of fuel scooping and i sort of have this technique because i'm using the ed tracker i have this technique where i sort of look up so the star is above me and i sort of orbit it and i try and orbit it as closely as i possibly can to stay at 99% or 100% heat because that's obviously the most efficient place for scooping fuel and i think one of the things i'd like as a little upgrade is a computer that kind of gives you your fuel scooping line to follow yeah, It'd just be like a nice. little little hud upgrade just to give you a tunnel that if you see if it says if you fly through this tunnel that's your most kind of efficient Fuel scooping point—that'd be really
0: cool. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously one of the things that we heard from the the premier launch event was um, uh, who was it? It was Mike Evans saying that it would be really nice to be able to fly down into uh, to gas giants and, and get some mileage out of some gas giants. But if you could uh, fuel scoop from you know through the clouds and gas giants, then you know your tunnel idea there would would work really really well. You know, you had to stay on that path, similar to maybe what we see with uh, interdiction. That you you know it can move around, but if you can follow that particular track or that particular target, then that's your your optimal fuel scoop. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. that's a really nice idea. Um, <laughs> just laughing a bit actually, as you're talking there about the fact that you fuel scoop by uh, by looking up and having the sun above you. I, I stupidly always assumed that you had to fuel scoop because uh, the fuel scoop in my head comes out from the bottom of your craft. Uh, I've always <laughs> flown over the top of the stars. Oh, no. And I, I was sure that fuel scooping wouldn't work if you flew underneath the star. And I've just realized now what a stupid <laughs> idea that is.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, no, if you're using, if you're using anything like an head tracker or if you've got some sort of head look, it's really useful to be able to kind of look up and then you can sort of steer, you know, around the star quite efficiently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Crash, you put in a few hours into this game. What uh, What little tweaks would you like to see?
8: I mean, like I said before, I mean, the, the kind of continual tweaks and improvements. I mean, one of the things which always worries me about uh, something where we're using a lot of procedural generation in a game, um, the, the variation. Of things, I think, is important. We've got these mission types, these kind of uh, these trees that you can follow, these little these little micro stories that are happening. I'd like to see a lot more variation in those things, and I think that's something that can be easily added in incrementally over the coming months. Just you know, little little quest lines which weren't thought of. Before. I hate to use that word quest line, but you, it, it's the kind of nearest equivalent I can think of. But having these little these variations, these different story arcs to go down, I think that will help flesh out the universe without uh, any kind of major graphical requirements
0: Yeah, definitely Ben?
5: Sorry, I'm just getting phoned by Moonchild at the moment, so hopefully it won't come through. Uh, what I would actually really like to see, and something I've only really thought about this evening, is some kind of instance chat, because we're all trying to talk to each other, all the commanders here are outside live station but nobody can and in what love sense, to... nobody
0: can? <clears throat>
5: We're all having to, you know, send, effectively send tells to each other. Whereas I get the feeling it would be nice to do the equivalent of slash lave chats, hello commanders or something. And that would just go to everybody in the instance.
2: Yeah, there's no kind of open broadcast. You can't sort of do an all frequencies um, just, uh, just message to whoever's in
0: range.
5: Yeah, you're sort of talking on, oh, on guard or whatever.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But in fairness, I don't think that's actually that bad a thing for those people that have been, you know, that have ever played Eve Online. The fact that you can just spam the entire system wide nets (laughs) just means that there is forever people doing ASCII code penises all over the place or, you know, (laughs) trying to get you into some sort of scam deal. But, um, so but how else am I going to get to people to see
2: my ASCII penises? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see your ASCII penis, really, it nobody doesn't does.
5: doesn't have to be the, the whole system, but just the, even just the island that you're in. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an
8: important addition. I think there's something that we need. You know, looking at um, what we've—I've done in like the multi-streams where we've had uh, up to—I oh, can't remember how many it is now. It was a, a small group of commanders all talking on voice chat. That works okay, but sometimes you just want you know like a text stream, like like Skype, something like that, which would be uh, I think easy to implement at some point. So it needs to be there. I think.
6: Yeah, Colin. Well, what i'm actually missing is uh basically the ability to send <coughs> um distress signals like uh, i'm in a little bit of trouble over here can anybody help um that's that's one of the things that uh, i was i was looking forward to I, I mean i don't know whether it's coming in in grouping or, or whether or not it will be part of you know the wing functionality but if you get stuck in a a, a USS and you've jumped as i was by an elite rated anaconda um, you do want a little bit of help, and uh, you don't want to do a bra or robin all the time
0: <laughs> no it's a, it's a good point actually, and one of the things that did one of the things that did get covered in the uh, development side of things was the fact that you would be able to broadcast and request help, certainly if your ship broke down um, but I mean, what would you like to see because obviously if someone does come in and helps you take down that anaconda, then you 're opening up the you know, the prospect of split bounties, which is something else we haven 't got. <laughs>
6: Ooh, yeah,
0: that's that is quite a um,
6: a divisive issue on the forums, isn't it? Um, the, the last shot counts. Is is um, oh we've seen so many people complain about uh, security forces kill stealing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, how would you
0: want it to work, though? Would you want it to sort of take a percentage of the amount of damage you cause on the ship? So if someone causes 80% of the damage, they get 80% of the bounty? They get 80% of the the bounty, bounty,
6: yeah. I mean, that does seem the fairest way, but being a developer myself, I know how much of a pain that would be to go. (laughs) Um,
0: But no, it's a good point. Kate?
9: Uh, It's not so much what I would change but one of the things that I really hope they've got right because it's kind of one of the things I've looked forward to most about uh, the game um, in 2014 but also in some ways dreaded and that is the sort of multiplayer player on player kill factor. And some people will not want to get sort of like griefed all the time. And some people will want to go around griefing. And I really hope, I think until we play it en masse, it's not really going to be tested. But I hope they've got the balance right of that. that The penalty is high enough that it doesn't make it worth your while to to sort of just jump on uh, weak targets for the fun of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, it's... Obviously, with the with the, the game mechanics, you can obviously choose to go and play completely solo on the online world. Um, but it's something that I have shied away from. I don't know if it's just because everybody's being very nice to each other or the fact that you you, know, you can do the brave Sir Robin in most occasions and, and, and jump out of there. But um, I haven't actually found out being griefed anywhere near as much as I was in the alpha and the beta. I mean, the fact that I've stupidly still got the name Commander Fozor means I'm quite recognisable. Uh, in the gaming world, and certainly in the alpha and the beta, it was one of the things that I just had a massive target painted on me. And every time anybody saw me, they they blew me away as a way, blew me up as a way of saying hi. Um, with the cargo, hi, with a, with a, I was going to say with the uh six full of rare commodities. That's the last thing that I want to happen these days.
9: Well, I I actually interviewed uh, David for a magazine back in during their Kickstarter. And it was one of the things that I brought up with him. And, you know, at the time, he was really passionate, actually, about the fact that he wanted to create an environment where multiplayer combat was possible and was relevant, but that people who didn't want to sort of, you know, play the teenage kind of testosterone... My gun's bigger than your guns, kind of arena, that they could have the option to still exist within that same world um, and not be massively penalized for the fact that they didn't want to get penal about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? It's, like, it's past 10 o'clock, isn't it? So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, sure it's, they, I think they put a lot, a lot, a lot of work into balancing that. Um, but it's all theory until you get the idiots en masse joining the game. And, and that started today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. certainly. From um, yeah, from again, from your EVE Online days, there are certain groups within MMOs that just exist to see if they can actually go into the game and break them. I mean, the one that comes to mind is obviously Goonswarm uh, within EVE Online. Uh, we've got a massive following across a lot of different um, yeah you know, online games, and they will try everything they possibly can to break the game, and yeah, you know, done some spectacular things on EVE Online actually. Uh, In terms of sort of picketing entire systems or trying to blow up space stations and that sort of stuff. Uh, What do people think is going to be the reaction when that sort of organized group gets into Elite Dangerous? Is the mechanic in Elite Dangerous going to be able to handle that or is it just going to force everybody to go and play solo? Grant?
7: Yeah, I think the ability to jump into solo is one of the biggest anti-griefing techniques because it essentially saves everybody hours and hours and hours of of uh, waiting and doing nothing. I mean, one of the sort of biggest issues with griefing in, in Eve is that the jump points are just full of people waiting to shoot. So you arrive and within seconds you're dead. You can't get past that blockage, and you're stuck. So you either have to, have to go a different route which can be just as fraught. And if you're trying to get into that system, you're stuck anyway. But that's Eve. With Elite, you could just drop into Solo for that little bit of the journey and back into the open group again and off you go. And so, you know, the you then could ignore. I reckon it's a game where you'll get griefed once, then that person will be in your ignore list and that'll be the end of it and you can carry on. I mean, look at tonight, for example. We're all outside live Station and it's a full instance and we're all just flying around like absolute blonkers, doing nothing unpleasant. We're enjoying the game and the beauty of the game and the control and the flight engine together. And then we'll go off, and yet yeah, you might run into someone who's play-acting you know, play acting a, a pirate and they might take you out. But the, the chances of you bumping back into that user in your gameplay is really slim. I mean, I've not seen anybody since the, the Gamma was released Unless I was actually in a sort of leave like tonight, where you're actually in an, an area where it's a known location, I spend most of my time over at the wonderfully empty planet <laughs> that I had got the chance to name. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give it out because I would like it to stay. They're gonna spoil my beaches and stuff. Um, <laughs> I can sit out there and enjoy the peace and quiet of running these missions myself and just you know enjoying this game and playing it my way and and if. get myself into any more trouble I can always just earn the credits again and go back and pay my fines off and, and keep going I don't need the interaction with the players unless something happens and there's an event that calls for it in which case that's probably the only place I could see griefing being an issue is where you have an open play event coming up and everyone's got to get in there and take part in it, and you'll maybe lose something then if you're forced. In Venice, to we're playing very nicely tonight
2: days. because most of us are parked up in the uh, Lave Station no-fire no zone. No one really, no one, no one's sure enough about how the station defences work that they want to risk opening up on everybody. You say that, well, Chris? I, I, just, got, I, was... I
0: got chased off. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm uh, yeah i'm a little bit twitchy because obviously you, you guys won't have heard um uh, lisa vu in quite a while uh that's because i've yeah i've actually after i said that i've got a, a hold full of commodities i sent her back into the station to go and man the guns just in case anybody got frisky yeah. so uh so lisa's actually left the call so uh we won't thank lisa for for being on but um no, I think you're right. I think the, the whole griefing thing is it's kind of going to be a suck it and see sort of thing as to as to how it pans out. But let's just hope that the mechanics within the game, the way that it's been designed, means that you know it's not going to turn into a grief fest. Um, but yeah, you know, only time can tell. Uh, Crash, what's your thoughts?
8: Yeah, I think in a lot of ways the the, the pudding has been over-egged so to speak, it, it, you know, a lot of people would be crying the fact that griefing will destroy it and things like that. I think we we proved very early on in the, one of the first alphas when we had the uh, <laughs> the mining scenario where people could either bounty hunt or pirate or you know, uh, you know, things things like that and we found that that vigilantism kicked in and it was Wildly peaceful, that no one dared shoot at <laughs> anyone else because it was, you know, they turned around and like nine out of ten people would just attack them. So I think uh, it's self policing in all the ways. And like Grant touched on, you can block anyone who's troublesome. So, you know, once you identify someone who's going to be difficult, then you block them, you never see them again, and you can just carry on in open play. I think. Open Play is, is where I'm going to say, you know, I was at two minds to begin with. I was worried about similar things and the things that people were talking about,
0: griefing, things like
8: that. And I've played nothing but open since I've seen that experience because it, it doesn't worry me at all now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And i say, let's just hope that the mechanics stay to the point where, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's almost designed out the game, which would be fantastic. It'd be the first sort of online, um, you know, massively multiplayer online game I've ever come across where you know it's just not an option. Um, which will be, dare I say it, phenomenal.
9: Um, If anyone's good at making game-changing game mechanics, then it's definitely David Braben. So look what happened 30 years ago. So yeah, hopefully.
0: Do we think uh, that Elite Dangerous, either as it currently sits, or maybe let's be a little bit more generous uh, and say you know, within the scope of the next two years, is going to be as groundbreaking, or can we see it being as groundbreaking uh, as the original game was 30 years ago? <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> it that, Grant. Straight in. I, I think...
7: Yeah, 400 billion star systems. It's... it's, it's...
0: It's yeah, I would crazy. agree with that. I think the sheer scope of the sandbox that they've built. I mean, okay, so let's say the you know, planetary interaction and stuff comes, it uh, uh, comes in, and, and ship and station walking around the station comes in. Um, when they all come in, I mean, forget your World of Warcraft and everything else. This is the biggest sandbox you're ever going to get a chance to play in. Okay, I think. Carry on. Sorry,
9: yeah. <laughs> ladies you first. Know... Kate? It's funny. I, I was reading an interview with Jason Bradbury, who was at the launch party, and um, it's this game is going to be a generation kind of joiner. He he was actually at the launch party with his four year old son, and you know expressed that they would had a real father and son kind of moment um, when his son, four year old son, docked for the first time um you know and i can just imagine fathers across the world um who you know maybe mothers but maybe not to such an extent but fathers across the world playing this game with their kids their their daughters and their sons and and it just being i don't know you know it's a bit of history that's come alive again for the for the new generation and we can enjoy it together and that's that's actually quite special in today's world
0: yeah and to be fair that doesn't even need to extend into the game world i mean Slightly off topic, but uh, we've just uh, moved our three year old boy into uh, his big room because we're having another child in February. And uh, the new cabin bed that he's got has got a little den that goes underneath it. And within that, I've put a whole load of LED strip lighting and got a PlayStation 1 um, flight. Uh, steering wheel that looks like a, a rocket steering wheel, and one of the guys, uh, one of the community members, Mobius uh, Liam Rafferty off the forum, has uh, has taken lots of sort of screenshots and screen grabs from Elite Dangerous and um, printed them out as posters to go into this den. So this den is now basically kitted out like a spaceship, using all the graphics and stuff from uh, from the game. Uh, and and, a flight stick as well. So he can literally go in there and have his own spaceship underneath his bed which is sort of part of the Elite Dangerous Universe and he just thinks it's absolutely... Yeah, the pictures are going up. I did I did promise uh, I did promise Liam that I would uh, I would put the pictures up. But uh, all the LED strips and stuff, you can all change the lighting to any different color you want and yeah, you know, all the different pictures are sort of like view screens looking out at stars and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's really good. So, and he's too young to play the game, but he does sit here and watch as uh, as Daddy flies around in his spaceship. Uh, and plays around with the you yeah, know the x52 and stuff and crashes me into docking ports and stuff but yeah as soon as he gets a little bit older I, i'm sure that elite dangerous is still going to be around in you know a few years time when he's actually going to be sitting here playing his own cobra mark 3
2: i think in terms of the the influence of something like elite dangerous um one of the things we haven't actually mentioned over the course of this show which i'm now going to mention uh is if anyone hasn't got this month's copy of retro gamer uh, there is a lovely multi-page spread on Elite Dangerous' 30th anniversary. Um, and basically they interviewed David Braben about each of the four games. So each of the four games has its own double-page spread, which is cool. But in terms of the influence of Elite, I don't know if it's so much um, the, the game influencing maybe other games in in the same way that the original Elite kind of opened up the whole 3D thing and opened up the sort of open world thing. I think it's more now that... Like some of the stuff David Braben says in the Retro Gamer interview, the impact the original Elite had was in getting publishers to consider other types of games that they hadn't previously thought would be successful. And I think with Elite Dangerous, this is a game which, by Frontier's own admission, if you took it to a publisher they'd turned down loads of features. There's lots of stuff about it that you would say wouldn't work. And we've seen that because people have gone on the forums and they've complained about any feature that is slightly different, you know, than all the other kind of console games they're playing. And I think one of the things that's great about Elite Dangerous is if it it becomes popular and if it works and if people love it, that it is a different style of game and a different pace of game. And it's actually, Elite Dangerous is more akin to an indie game than it is to one of the big studio games. It's kind of like an indie game done with a massive team. And I think that could be the real impact of Elite Dangerous, that, it, that maybe it either encourages bigger studios to take more of a risk on, on interesting ideas, or it convinces indies to kind of maybe I don't know, try and work with bigger teams and, um, and, you know, and get their ideas fleshed out in this, this amazingly produced way.
6: Well, that is as long as they, they don't take the idea of uh, the big companies saying, right, okay, we'll just get every everybody to test the game for us. Because that's, I mean, it's been okay for Frontier to have the, the beta and the alpha thing because we've all wanted to do it. It's when, if Electronic Arts starts thinking, oh, well, if Elite Dangerous can do it, we can try and get it done. And then cutting back on their, on their own testing departments. But as far as... Um, As far as the multi-generational thing is concerned, I've got a bit of a problem in our our house because my son, this little eight-year-old lad, he loves this game, and we've only got one commander. And I don't want my commander, which I have been working on for an absolute age, to be smashed into the side of the station again. So um, I'm still waiting on whether or not we're going to get multiple commanders or whether or not I'm going to have to splash out for yet another copy.
9: Yeah, that's a good point on the multiple commanders, um, definitely. Even just for my own use, I mean, I don't have a, a small one. I don't think my cats are quite up to playing Elite just yet. Um, <clears throat> but um, definitely it would be nice to have several different personas if you want to, you know, try a different route. Um, but uh, on the um, uh, beta testing and, you know, opening companies opening up, there's actually been a lot of uh, negative press over the last year, as you probably all know, with with this and with games being accused, um, you know, pretty much en masse as... Selling passes to beta test um, their products, and this is a this is a growing trend. and I think with crowdfunding, um, it's a brilliant concept because you're basically asking people to buy into that right from the very beginning um and i think it's a a good way to do it and i think that elite have uh, or frontier have definitely benefited from the wealth of experience and knowledge i mean there are guys who work for nasa in this community and they are spending hours of their day reading over poring over the technical specifications and the physics of the of the solar systems and and the environment and and, and feeding back genuine science, so it's a very authentic game, and that is because they wouldn't have been able to afford that kind of budget, you know, And NASA um, analyst on your payroll, I don't think so, um, but this guy actually paid through the Kickstarter to be part of it, so... Um, I hope we see more of that. But you're right. I hope we stop seeing companies the you know, the big companies who aren't giving us something we want. They're just giving us something they think will make profit, trying to bandwagon off the same process and sell beta access um, to their games. But really, you know, disposing of their testing department. Rant over. <laughs>
8: Yeah, I think the multiple, multiple commander thing is something I, I was looking forward to doing. I wanted to try different tracks through the game, different uh, story arcs, you know, just play in a different way. Uh, and like, you know, to tie it back into what we were saying about uh, the younger generation, my, my seven-year-old absolutely loves it. Uh, and, you know, he really wants to get in play. But again, I feel nervous sitting him in there. <laughs> with, like, oh, yeah, I've spent hours gathering that, uh, you know, should, should I put him in the pilot seat? Um, so, I, I mean, I'm seriously considering just buying another account because I love the fact that he really wants to get in and play. And to be able to play with him at the same time, I think would be would be great fun. And I, I liked I just that little twinkle in his eye. I remember that myself. It's just so wonderful to see him enjoy it the way I did the prequels.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Although I think might, some people might uh, might slightly uh, begrudge paying Frontier Development even more money uh, to buy the game again for uh, a second account. So I do think there is a there's an argument made where you should be able to have a a second commander within the within the same account. Um, okay, well. Just trying to think of anything else that we haven't covered. Anybody that's actually floating around Live Station, or anybody that's actually listening to the Live Link, if you want to just quickly drop us a line on Facebook before we bring this to close, if you've got any questions that you come in, um, then just send them through. Send them through to me. I am looking at my screen in game. If you want to chat to me in game, um, and before we before we do that, anything else that's going on within the community uh, that we should want to cover, Kate?
9: Oh, yeah, I was just—it's not within the community, but I was just thinking you guys should totally organize a flyby. Get everybody who's listening, who's sitting outside at Lave Radio, at uh, Lave Station. One of you st- stay still and film it, um, screen capture it, and just get everyone flying in a big circle so you get a big flyby. That'd be cool. <laughs> just, just saying. As you were.
0: Uh, okay. Well, you heard it. Uh, you heard it, guys. Everybody that's currently sitting around Lave Station, or if you're docked within Lave Station, come on, undock. Um, I actually haven't got any screen capture uh, software in, but I think Grant does. Is that right, Grant? Well, certainly Crash definitely does. Um, Okay, well, we'll get that organised. Any other questions that we've got coming in? Um, One of the ones that we have had from Facebook is one that we keep on hearing quite a lot, and that's whether or not, now that we've launched, and in theory, there shouldn't really be that much development news to cover. Are Lave radio going to stay on the air? Are we going to... uh, To keep broadcasting, Um, and I think, you know, certainly with Lavecon 2015 just around the corner, I think that pretty much answers it for us. That you know, whilst there's still a community out there that wants to discuss what's going on in the game, uh, and obviously we've got the expansions and stuff that we will be covering. Uh, then yes, certainly we will be uh, staying around, uh, not least because we now have a full crew and Crash coming on board as well. So we'll be doing lots of different things in terms of doing some Twitch TV stuff, doing some video stuff as well as doing the uh, the regular audio stuff. So I'm afraid you're going to have to put up with us for a little bit longer yet.
2: Can oh, I you make a, a request, though?
9: Oh, I'm <laughs> oh, just going to just pr- say no spandex, though, please. On Twitch, <laughs> no spandex, that's all.
0: No, you see, the, the, the joy of this community is that we've got some great photoshoppers that uh, we don't even need to get into the spandex for uh, spandex photos of the crew to uh, appear online.
2: So, Foz, I've got a question.
0: Yeah.
2: Obviously, we heard loads of great uh, podcasting from, from Lave Radio, both at the launch party and at the launch after party, but uh, we didn't hear from David Braben. Do you, um, do, do you potentially have any kind of interview with David Braben that... Uh, That you've been sitting on and hasn't gone out yet
0: you know it's funny you should say that chris because (laughs) we don't we just don't have that interview available (laughs) uh no i take it we have got that queued up and ready to go have we probably um (laughs) we do have an interview from david brave
7: you told you told me Go get some streaming software running. Now <laughs> you're telling me to go and get this <laughs> queued up. But I'll, I'll have a quick look and see if I can. What I'm going to do just now for is I'm going to sit right at the front of Lave Station with my camera, um, the video recording going. So if everybody who is out in front of Lave Station can just sort of fly past the front of the uh, station with the yeah. advertising boards are. We've got a couple of different instances please, going there, haven't we? Because I
2: can't you see me. you in my instance, cow. so I think there's going to be some people listening who are thinking, oh, I'm in an instance with with Chris and Fozza, who maybe aren't going to be spotted.
0: Ah, uh, I see. True. That's where our plan falls down. Yeah, um, so we
2: can't control the instancing.
0: No, but uh, Grant, capture as many people as you possibly can. Um, whoever that was that's just literally flown straight past my cockpit at full speed, thank you. I now need a new pair of pants. Great. Um, but
7: <laughs> well, I currently have a uh, commander Skiprat in my sights behind him. We have a uh, real NPC, <laughs> so that doesn't count. Hey, if the, <laughs> the NPCs are doing very if bizarre, the NPCs are listening to live
9: Radio, on. though, we've all got problems. <laughs>
7: Oh, I can actually see Karash as well, which is great. So we're both filming each other, which is uh, pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Usher, he's there. Oh, I know Stephen. Yeah, he's one
9: of my backers. Cool. Uh, Hi, Ben. (laughs) Hi, Stephen. So he doesn't
7: doesn't count. Ah, Yeah, again, same thing.
0: All oh, the people that, that are flying towards fight. the lake on 6, I have no video capture software going whatsoever. All you're doing is giving me a heart attack about the stuff I've got in my cargo. Yeah, so you've got no video capture, in.
9: but you've got a hold full of rares. So Absolutely, I've got a hold full
0: of rare commodities going, and <laughs> around about seven or eight people just doing uh, flying as close to my cockpit as they possibly can. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> The emphasis Um, was, uh,
9: yeah, interesting. (laughs)
0: But we certainly do have uh, an interview that uh, that Chris managed to grab. I mean, uh, poor David on the uh, the launch nights. He was always trying to make his way over to the low Radio stand, but uh, he he just never got there before the the night closed. He was obviously being pulled left, right, and centre to do interviews and stuff. So um, uh, we will have uh, a chat with David, probably better now actually, now that the things launched, to uh, to get his opinions on on how everything has gone. But Chris was able to, to snag a quick sort of five minute interview with him. Um during sure the <laughs> night.
2: From, do you know why it's not even five minutes? He was literally signing um that he was signing things for people and just answering questions and sitting at a table. So I just queued and grabbed like a minute and a half with him. <laughs>
0: Um, but it was nice because uh, I mean you'll hear it when we actually get it out, and we'll try and get it out within this broadcast. And if we don't get it out live, we'll certainly we'll certainly tag it onto the podcast for those people that are downloading. But um, just the the sheer enthusiasm that comes out of that man, and certainly on that night um, where he was surrounded by so many people that were you know, so thrilled about the the game that they'd created, uh, it was just it was infectious, and, and that comes across when uh, when Chris is talking to David, Kate.
9: Oops, I forgot to press unpause, uh, unmute. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's actually going to be on uh, Radio 5 Live tomorrow if you want to tune in at 3.15 in the afternoon. He's on the Tech Hour. Um, so they're getting him in for an interview and we're going to be chatting about Elite and, and stuff. So that, And that will be also, if you can't get 5 Live locally, um, you can listen to it through the web. So more nuggets of information from the man.
0: Yeah, I bet he's uh, he's exceptionally busy at the moment. You know, pressing that red button was not just the only thing he's got on his plate. He's probably doing interview after interview after interview. And I know Alan's gone, but I did hear that some of the writers are actually going to appear on uh, on local news as well. Uh, does anybody know any more about that?
9: Well, there was... The BBC got in touch with me... Um, from BBC Bedfisher got in touch with me last week and they were... They're doing a story on it. And um, they were like, oh, you know... Do you want to speak? If we, do you want to sort of comment? Um, and, but they love. I know that regional, especially BBC regional, they just love local stories. And the reason they were covering it actually was because um, Frontier are based in in Cambridge, and and both Ian and um, uh, David went to Cambridge University. So um, yeah, so Alan Alan lives in Bedfordshire, so. I put them in touch but it may or may not happen unfortunately these things television everything is decided at the last minute um but there's lots of interest from um local press you know local guy does good or local girl does good so um we're doing outreach at the moment especially in, in with the launch of the audiobooks to try and you know get perhaps a bit more regional interest and and hopefully um pick up some more fans for the game and uh, the fiction
0: Great stuff. Well, I believe I'm having it uh, you know, in true sort of live broadcast uh, fashion. Someone is telling me in my ear that we actually have the interview ready, queued up, so we can go to that. So, Mr. Woolcotts, the David Braben interview, if you would please.
2: Uh, oh, so I'm here with uh, David Braben, who is sitting and signing some tickets for people and some pictures. Uh, he's just had his picture taken with a man in a horse mask. Uh, a the things, things we do for a great game. I have to say, I mean, I was going to ask you if you're pleased with how the event is going. Um, I have to say, you look absolutely thrilled. Is this oh, it's, a,
1: it's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful event. And I'm, people have been so kind, so nice, it's been so positive. that um, it's, it's wonderful to see the game treated so well, if you know what I mean. So many people, some people back at work now working hard till late. They just they came late on. You know that they work really hard because they really care and i think that's what really
2: matters let's make this the best game we can so was this event everything you expected or has it surpassed your expectations or i mean how much did you it's good i think what has,
1: obviously i always we always aim high um but i think what has really surpassed my expectations are the reaction of people who visited they've been so friendly so good it's been wonderful
2: and I noticed that when the, 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 we had the big reveal and the hangar doors opened and the, the Cobra was there, I noticed that you were sort of punter-side watching that reveal. Was that a deliberate intention? You wanted to get that experience I wanted yourself? to see it.
1: And also, I'd, I've been talking to people out there, so it was logical to do that rather than hide behind here. Well,
2: that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on a great night. Um, can you just do me a favour and say, uh, my name is David Braben and you're listening to Lave Radio? Yep. My name's David Braben and you're listening to Lave Radio. Thank, oh, you. That's that's
0: priceless. Thank you. Absolutely very much. Priceless. I love the fact you managed to shoehorn in the soundbite at the end. We will have to use that on, uh, on future episodes.
2: I'm, I'm gradually collecting them. That's, that's, <laughs> that, was the, that was the winning one we wanted to get. But uh, yeah, yeah. Every, every time I get the chance to interview
0: someone now, I yeah, try and get them to say it. After two Patrick, years of the show. Yeah, go on.
9: Hasselhoff net, next. It has to be. The Hoff. Everybody it has David
0: it. Hasselhoff. That's, that's, <laughs> that's no achievement, really, is it? Let's be honest. We should get one with Kate. Um, Kate, can you do us a nice
2: clean one now? I <laughs> beg your pardon. Exactly.
9: <laughs> Don't ask <laughs> me that after we've just been talking about the Hof. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, okay. Ready? Ready? Quiet, quiet, right? My name's Kate Russell and you're listening to Late <laughs> <Life> Radio.
2: <laughs> Enjoy. You know what? That's the one we use. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. Uh, right, okay, well, has anybody got anything else they want us to cover off before we bring this wonderful live version of Lave Radio for the launch uh, to a close? No. No? Brilliant. Okay, I really well. think that
5: we should give a shout-out to the commanders who have actually taken their time to join us here at Lave Station.
0: Well, okay, quick sound-off. So, uh, shout-out all the people you can hear. Or you can see right, rather. So,
5: well, Psycho Cow, who we know, Commander Javert, uh, Karash is here, Teddy Ride. Hold on, hold on, hold on,
7: hold on. Commander Javert. Looks like it's Javert.
5: J A V E R T.
7: See these uncultured people here? Javert, sorry. Commander Javert.
5: And what's so, Commander Tistar. Does that sound about right?
7: No, I can't connect that
5: one. <laughs> yes. Um, I've seen Commander Flack earlier, I've seen Commander Remklep and Astrodamus, and I'm being attacked by a whole load of, of grain again. Saw so
7: Flossie, who's out there. Uh, crashes. is. Yep, Stephen Usher's here. There. Um, loads of people. Uh,
5: who else is here? That's Colin. If you're near, yeah. come find me in channel or something like that and we'll just give you a hollow but yeah
7: and it... we've also got a hundred well' we've had 110 people listening to us on the mixler chat um, some new players to the game who have given you know their their big thumbs up for their experience so far so we've got a lot, a lot of people in there that have been asking questions and chatting to each other and trying desperately to join us at leave. but unfortunately some of them are a bit too late to get into Yeah, that and
2: yet. speaking of instances, over in the other one uh, with myself and Fozzer, uh, I've actually tagged a picture on Facebook, but we've got uh, Commander Dobbo, um, we've got Commander Masashi, Commander Spiral, Commander DP Harlock, uh, Commander Rory Scarlet, Commander Angel Tweed, Commander Flossie, Commander Wrongway, Commander and Uh, Commander Jason Stain and Commander Goose4291, who is quoting terrifying escape velocity dialogue to me. So uh, welcome, welcome Commander Goose. And Commander Skip
5: Pratt and his ASP has just come and buzzed me as well.
0: Okay, well, um, that's it for this very special live edition of Lay Radio. Thank you to Kate for stopping by and squeezing into the Orange Sidewinder for the night. Um, everybody make sure you check out the Voyage Commander Angel Rose in game over the festive period Uh, Kate just remind people where they can find you
9: Um, I will be on twitch.tv slash Kate Click
0: great stuff well all the best with that Uh, thank you to all the folks that have joined us here in the Lave system in game and a thank you to the crew thanks to Alan uh, to Jarvis to John to Crash to Colin to Lisa to to Ben Uh, that's been Lave Radio and we will catch you next time
7: I'm going to see the guy.
0: two seconds.